What's happening, party people? It's been a while since I've done an intro. I'm mixing it up a little bit. Uh, so you're going to hear my voice for a second, and then, then you can go into all the fun stuff that is talking during the movies, especially with that great song. But first, hey, get at us. Talking during movies podcast at gmail.com, Instagram at talking during movies, Twitter at talk during movie. Check us out. Let's have a good time. This one is a fun one with my dear friend, uh, Mark Yon. I call him Sexy Mark. We did Die Hard. Uh, we talked about spirits, drinking, fun, everything that you want in a, as, you're, as you're watching a classic holiday movie. That is the, the Die Hard. Uh, so there you go, folks. Uh, and then uh, you got some. We got some back to backs coming out. We're gonna do a busy jump before uh, the Christmas holiday and throughout that holiday season. So then we'll have Bobby and Liz on with Rad, and then Jason Dick and I with I think Gremlins, maybe Lethal Weapon, and then my friend Scott Hatch, Pastor. He's doing Bruce Almighty with me. So that'll be a fun one as well. Thanks so much for your support, your love, the listening. Shout out to our new French listeners, our Slovakian listeners, our Russian listeners, our Canadian listeners, and those 28 people in Wyoming that are listening. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, this is so much fun, and I really appreciate all the love. Have a good one. Peace. People, I'm still getting comfortable, but hold on one second before we get any farther with the talking. <laughs> oh, during movies. There go. Here we go. You kids, we're lucky today. We're very lucky. I'm going to keep chatting here away from the mic a little bit as I put this down, put this up. 30 seconds in, you cue your movie. Turn the sound off like we have like a couple of distinguished gentlemen. Uh, for a real quick, housekeeping, get at us. Talking during movies. On Instagram at Talk During Movie, uh, Twitter, Talking During Movies Podcast at gmail.com. There's all that fun stuff. Thanks to the beautiful Bobby Cheatham for letting us hook up in the secret studio. The beers are cracked, the movie's playing. My guest, the wonderful, the talented. I have him in my phone. This time I'm going to introduce him. It's I have him in my phone. I've had him in my phone like this for, <laughs> set, I mean, since I've had your phone, which has been five or six years. Yeah. <laughs> it's transferred over from phone to phone. It's just sexy, Mark. This is just how he's sexy. Mark is in the phone. <laughs> I do have a full name. It's Mark Young. <laughs> it's not as fun as sexy Mark. Okay, listen, it's not as fun. Uh, Mark and I know each other a while through uh, various establishments and and drinking and fun. Um, more than one time, he is he is allowed uh, a birthday party and some other fun to go even more fun. And I uh, I've always greatly appreciated. That. I've always respected what he's been able to do as an artist which he kind of flies under the radar with or I has in the past. That. 
so I was like, you know what, let's, um, we've talked so much with the bar between us and we've talked a little bit at Dirty Bills, uh, but let's, uh, let's have some real fun here. And yeah, I'm excited. Christmas movie. Yeah. Some people say Jason Dick this morning on the radio is like, don't be that guy and call this a Christmas movie. It or is absolutely a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas 100%. movie. 100%. 100%. This <laughs> Lethal Weapon, we talked about that. Uh, you brought up uh, Home Alone. Have you seen the uh, the YouTube Home Alone where they have the brain or the trauma surgeon that breaks down all the injuries he causes the guys? No. And he's just like, uh, oh, that's a fatal concussion. Uh, internal bleeding on that would have that person dead in two I, minutes. I, I feel a diehard could have the same same. Treatment. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple of scenes where it's like, wow, okay. Well, so you're going to do that? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, that's fantastic. Uh, so we were we were kicking it off. We're going to be all over the place, as you guys know. We kind of follow the movie. We pretty much don't. For those of you that that don't know about Die Hard, well, you just go run the forty yard dash in a thirty yard gym with the lights off. And you welcome yourself to America, you son of a bitch. And live a better life. And live a better life. <laughs> you need to watch it. You get this Christmas Eve with some Chinese food. You know what? I almost got us, but I just I can't bring myself to do it. But because it's Die Hard and it's Bruce Willis, there's a part of me where this movie is like it calls for a Budweiser. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the, the cowboy references. Is, I love it that he's a, a New York cop. But it's, it's there's so many cowboy references through the whole thing. New York cop cowboy references and Bruce Willis, no matter where he's from or what he's doing, never changes his voice. He's yeah. just Bruce Willis. Yeah. Well, interesting <laughs> note. I I don't know if you knew this. Um, the original uh, cast for Bruce Willis' character, John McClane, was Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. And that's why there's a Schwarzenegger joke in there because he turned it down and they didn't want to cast Bruce Willis. Because he was a comedian, and they didn't take him seriously as an action star. Well, I mean, he had the flop uh, action movie that he thought was going to be like his James Bond meets, you know, um, the the Kingsman movies, yeah. which was uh, it was oh God. Now, now it just left my mind. It, um, but he was he was a he was a thief essentially. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about, but yeah. it's, it, it's escaping me too. Um, and you know, they did the Bing Crosby hit, "Would you like to swing on a star?" And he would he would do his capers while he was singing these '30s and you know '40s uh, show tunes kind of thing. Uh, didn't do well, but Bruce is one of those guys. He'll he's he's a better Cuba Gooding Jr. He's in a lot of movies. Like he, I don't think he's turned down many roles, but unlike Cuba, it seems like his movies, independent or mainstream, always make a little bit of money. Yeah. Can we comment on that hair for a second? And we the, can comment and, on anything and, and, you like. <laughs> and the beauty of the 80s hair that it was. Oh, for, for reference, for anyone listening, I was born in 81, so I did actually remember some of the 80s. And the hair, I had that hair. The hair is outstanding. I, I had a... <laughs> that, that could be a man or woman's hair do right there. My hair was bright red and curly as hell. So I that was me right there. But as dude, a child. That, that hair, the bangs, the bangs went away. Except unless you're like a pixie girl, um, maybe you're a goth chick. Emo, a little emo, bit. Little emo, little yeah. emo. Yeah. Otherwise, the bangs are dead. <laughs> right? What do you think of the um, the El Chagone, by the way, from our friends up in Dallas? Friends up in Dallas. Uh, it is absolutely fabulous. And I'll be honest, I'm not an IPA guy. Um, I've been getting turned on to it by a wonderful dude that I work with um, and came from Indianapolis. Um, mm-hmm. He loves IPAs. Um, and this is fantastic. And I, I do have a few roots. My aunt and uncle uh, live up in uh, Cedar Hill. So oh, nice. Close to Dallas. Close to Dallas. Dallas. I don't know if that's Dallas proper. I'm not. Yeah, you know, I, Dallas is so spread out. 
it is just this, I mean, it's like an infection, the way it's just, it's, it, it's not building. I'm like, LA built straight up, yeah. and then you've got Santa Monica, you know, you, you've got San Bernardino, you, you've got everything around LA. Yeah. Dallas is just that whole area. Yeah. Well, was, uh, I grew up in Houston, so. Same thing. Um, yeah, it, it's just urban sprawl defined perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, so in your many travels, you are a, a globetrotter, uh, you've, you're a tequila expert, globetrotter. Where is, um, you know, so Bruce Willis, what's your, what's your, in an Uber or a limo? Are you riding in the back or in the front? Um, <laughs> because Bruce is riding, like he's never been in so, a limo. So this is one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen right there, the bear <laughs> in the back and him. I'm definitely, um, I'm uncomfortable being, uh taken care of which is odd because i come from the hospitality industry yeah like i want to relate to the people that are like helping me um i've been told many times to not do that but i just can't get out of my nature so i would definitely be in the uh the front seat um and i love you can tell it's an 80s movie because the smoking just everywhere doesn't oh. matter er, earlier in, in the uh baggage claim he was smoking a cigarette which cracks me up <laughs> it's just now i mean unless you're in your own home not even on your front porch you can't smoke yeah it's it's fascinating what what society picks and chooses to hold on to. Whether this is bad, this is okay, this is awful. Like you know, smoking bad, yeah, awful. Marijuana, good. Beer. Now, if you look at you know what really is killing people around you and what's killing your body or hurting you, and you know I, I love the alcohol industry. Don't get me wrong. I'm a I'm a big fan. And I oh, love it's beer. A poison. It's, a, it's, it's defined it's, as a poison. It's a poison. Yeah, you put it in your body. Whereas marijuana is not a poison. Exactly. <laughs> that's the cra- That's the crazy. One's a plant. One is a manufactured poison. And we're like, manufactured poison? Check. You, Diet Coke, saccharin, whatever yeah. you want. You guys can have all that. Plant? Grows in the earth? No, I'm sorry. That's that's not okay. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I'm definitely... Um, I guess I'm on record right now, but um, <laughs> I'm not officially a pot smoker. If you ever see me smoking, it's probably in my house because I don't function well in public. Yeah. I'll be honest, but I love cozying in my sofa and watching a movie. Dude, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not a smoker. Uh, I'm an eater. I love yeah. edibles. Oh yeah. Dude, and I will, I will take a bud and I will sprinkle it on pizza like it's oregano and just call it a day. I need to try that. I never even <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> but but no, it's a, I I don't want to knock. A, yeah. Obviously, I work in the the spirit industry. I don't want to knock um, it as a poison. It's what and it's it's, it's not a knock because we're having a beer right now. Yeah. And I'm a fan of spirits, as as you know. Yeah. It, it, probably a little too much it's sometimes. Just responsible um, consumption. Yeah. Um, there there are so many people doing amazing stuff um, in, in all the spirits all around the world, and it's. So interesting to learn the culture and the the, the work that goes into it. But there's so many levels and, and depth to what is being created. Yep. Um, when it's enjoyed responsibly, it's absolutely amazing. I I mean, uh, I've had the pleasure of working with some and, and spending time with some really amazing mixologists. And the way that they construct it, the layers, that this goes in first and this is why. And this is how, you know, and, and breaking it down, I mean, uh, Tony Abogana made myself and Jane Wells a, uh, a blueberry mojito. Mm-hmm. And then he told us why. And then I'm just throwing shit in and smashing it. And he's like, you can dump that out. Yeah. I'm like, no, dude, this is going <laughs> to taste good. He's like, no, it's not. Yeah. And right. then, you know, he, there's an art to it and there's a difference to it. And when it hits your tongue, the way it layers back, knowing the taste buds of the tongue and where the sound, you know, yeah. all of those things, the texture to your lips, 
it's it's science. I mean, let's and let's be clear. Salt's a poison. Oh, oh not so a Yes, one please. point here. Like that was technology in '88. High end technology. <laughs> how far have we come? <laughs> <laughs> and and how weird is this? Where he is? We they're married, but they're separated. They're on different coasts, and she's using her maiden name. And this is when you find out. This is when the rubber kind of hits the road. And you're like, oh, okay, so there's there, something up. There's something yeah. up. They're not as close, and he's also. I mean. You know, I'll be funny. I love how he's, he's checking this place out like a cop. He's walking through. Yeah. He's a rascal. That I mean, is, he's just... He's... Yeah, this movie, like, it, it transcends just like an action movie. Like, there, it was actually scripted and, like... I mean, it's going to come full circle at the end of the movie. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone <laughs> yeah, yeah. watching it right now. Our, 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 friends, our yeah. friends in Brazil that are listening are like, don't you dare. We just got this on VHS. But there was something that's going to be mentioned here that's going to be at the end of the movie that's relevant. But yep. um, yeah, no, it's the the, the character development and the relationships. It's uh, we've all gone through heartbreak. I've been dealing with it this year, um, but having that person that's still like in your life that it kind of comes full circle is an interesting aspect to add to this, especially during the holidays. <laughs> so, you know, and and it is it's an, it's an interesting thing, and you know, people some people get upset. Oh, I'll finish my Tony story later. You guys calm down about cocktails and salt and everything. Listen, everything. <laughs> Up to a point is a poison in your body, so we'll leave it at that. And now let's move on. Um, Finish your cocktail story. I'm yeah, like yeah, it. yeah. So, so, so Tony's doing this thing. It was uh, Magic Martinis and Mario. So my buddy um, Billy Harris, magician. Tony Abagana, master mixologist. What and kind then, of magician? Up close, and then he does some crazy stuff. He's no, pretty awesome. super curious. Was that integrated in the? It cocktail? was integrated. Everything oh was God. integrated. So, and then <laughs> making your uh, lunch that day was Mario Batali. So you could rent all three, and they would do this whole thing all together. And then Mario would teach you how to like make a pizza or whatever the fuck you want to make. Wow, it was pretty fun. <laughs> I got to do. I got to make cocktails. I got to do my shitty coin trick. Um, you know, Billy's got this glass. It's solid glass, guillotine. It's all glass. He put my head in it. He throws the blade down. The carrots to the left and the right of me snap off. My head's fine. Like, but it's all glass. So you don't know. You don't know where stuff's moving and coming from. I love Billy. Billy is, uh, he's kind of left magic. He's now uh, an MC for all these big food events. He comes to Austin two or three times a year, knows Chef Drew really well. And then I get invited to these fancy things and I just get drunk and bothered. <laughs> so I'm like, you want to go? He's like, dude, I have to see her. This is my job to be here and mingle with the chefs. I'm like, I'm taking these chefs over to Dirty Bills. And he's just like, you're not, no, no, don't, you don't leave with Chef Jason. <laughs> I'm just like, Get back, get back in here. Get back in here. This is why I get on. The, the next morning, he's hung over. I feel great. I'm like, let's go to let's go to 24-7 Diner and let's have some fun. For all you people not in Austin, what you do is you get on a plane. You fly to Austin. Frontier Airlines is like $39. You fly here, and then you, you hear about all these things. Midnight Cowboy, Dirty Bills. Yeah. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Midnightcowboymodeling.com. Make a <laughs> reservation. New menus out. It's awesome. It's awesome. We're going to talk about it just a little bit. Shameless plug. Uh, Irene's 24-7 Diner, Alamo Draft House. You go to these places, and then you listen again, and you go, oh, that's right, that is awesome. Otherwise, you know, and, and no offense to a- anyone in any other city, I just I just came back from L.A. I was in Orange County for a bit. What I figured out, and I want to get your take on this, is, as, as they're introducing, and they're finding out, and you've got the I, asshole with the beard. After they watched him do 80s Coke, which... 
Yeah. It's not the Coke these days. That, yeah. <laughs> 80s Coke will give you the shit. <laughs> okay. It's, it's not good cocaine. You Now is the time when you're worried about cocaine coming across the borders. When Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan were like, just say no, they're worried about Coke. They were worried about baby powder with some Advil in there. It was awful. Okay? They were worried about Nicaragua. They were worried about Nicaragua. <laughs> and this guy, this fucking guy, who doesn't know this guy? I mean, we every all, everybody knows. I, I don't go out. It's not necessarily a Chad, but it's close to a Chad. And I'm sorry to the good Chads out there. There are good Chads out there, but that guy's not a good Chad. <laughs> He's a Jeff with a G. He's like, hey, man, with a Jeff, it's G-E-O-F-F. You go fuck yourself right now, Jeff with a G, okay? <laughs> and, and if you're a good Jeff with a G, you, you, you go down to the courthouse and you go J-E-F-F, all right? Fix that stuff. You, you fix that stuff. <laughs> God damn it, what we're talking about. Two minutes in. Uh, no, so he's, um, you know, I, I like the way he relaxes. Where's, where's been your favorite place to, uh, to, to travel, by the way? To travel? Uh, well, my heart and soul coming from a um, Scotch Irishman. Yes. That my, my family were farmers, ranchers outside Fort Worth. Um, mm-hmm. But they immigrated here, moved down to gone to Texas still. Um, okay. I do have some direct descendants that actually fought the Alamo, so I'm, I'm, I'm Texan through and through. Um, Jalisco and Oaxaca. Uh, Mexico. I like how it's like, Scott Irish, I'm like, what island? Oh, is he going to Ireland? Is he going no. to Scotland? No. Is he going is, is to get crazy? Is he going to be like, I like haggis. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I love Cabo, Cancun. Um, do you love Tulum. Cabo, really? I've been to Cabo a lot. Cabo I San don't. Jose. San Lucas, no. San Jose is still has some authentic aspects. Yeah, that's but true. that being said, uh, Jalisco and Oaxaca, um, I, I've had the pleasure to be invited down to um, visit Patron Distillery, Avion, um, Casamigos, um, seeing like the true like Wild West of Mexico yep. um, is absolutely amazing. And is so beautiful. Like it, it does and not compare. Like I, I still love the touristy destinations. It's fun, um, but until you get into a Jeep Wrangler with a guy holding an automatic rifle behind you as you're going close to Michigan, um, you haven't experienced Mexico. Nope, I agree. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I've done the road trip from San Diego all the way down the Baja Peninsula. Yeah, there's some it's beautiful a, parts. Oh, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing terrifying parts too yeah that road is not safe it, i mean <laughs> there's nothing safe about that trip yeah but that is the beautiful real mexico authentic food yeah. i mean oh, the, catching fish right out of i mean just pulling the, it. the, the people too i mean uh, yeah just how kind and hospitable they are and, and wanting to show you an amazing time like obviously most places went in i'm look American it's yeah. clear and it, it's they're trying to be like this is we love this place we we care deeply about this land and what we're on mm-hmm. and it, it's so amazing to see that because um, you don't see that a, a lot of places in America sometimes it's just like hey this is this is what it is but it's like having this deep-rooted love for where you are even though it's not necessarily the best situation or, or the best means that you can have and, you know, I find it amazing, and, and I think it goes on with this, and you can tell me if I'm a little off base, but so I did a road trip with my daughter from Kentucky back to Austin, straight through, 17 yeah. and a half hours. She didn't complain once. Awesome. And I love seeing parts of America that I really don't see, so I don't take the highways on the way back. It's a 14-hour trip. I had three and a half hours onto it, so I'm not on a freeway. But the funny thing is, so when I'm going through Mexico, 
and I want to try something local, local drink, local, whatever it is, it's readily available at all the little stores in that town, in that area. Yeah. All I wanted to do was on my road trip through all these different states was pick up local beers. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't find them at any of the local convenience stores or the truck stops or, you know, wherever I'm pulling in to get like Ling Ling was there or Yingling was there. And there's, there's other ones that are like, these aren't across the Mississippi or maybe, you know, there's, I guess in Louisiana, but it was hard to find. And, and I'm like, and first I was just like, Hey, I want to buy local. I want to drink local. I want to take all this great local beer back to Austin, Texas. And you're making this really hard on me, party people. But then I'm also thinking, isn't it interesting how the stores and the locals in Mexico, not in the, the big tourist areas, but in the, in the, in the communities, really, they really are communities, no matter how big the city is, it's still a community. You can find all the local stuff. Yeah. And here you can't. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy, right? That, that we talk about how we support entrepreneurs or entrepreneurship, all these other things. Oh, you don't fit my skew. Yeah. You're, nice. you're fucking skew. <laughs> and, and that's kind of uh, especially Alisco for anyone that goes down there and please like definitely go because it's the, the highlands not knocking the valley or lowlands I, I, I know they don't like it being called lowlands anymore it's kind of a knock even though it's just the valley yeah but um, the highland distilleries um, what you find down there because so many people think that tequila was like found by us and it's been being made there for generations and generations most of the stuff we bring in is someone went down there, financed it, brought it up, brought it back in. Um, you can have so many amazing tequilas down there that you will never get in the States. And it's so much fun to go down there and try. I had a, from the bottle, bright red, beautifully colored, one of the best tasting tequilas ever. I had a pomegranate tequila. Never found it anywhere else, but in central Mexico. Yeah. Pomegranate tequila. And I was like, Oh, I mean, if I would have known, I was young and I was like, I'll just, I mean, if it's down here, it's got to be up there. Uh, no. <laughs> in fact, I would, I mean, you can correct me, you, you're a, much more, I mean, in my mind, I'm like, man, 80 to 90% of the tequilas down there that are great do not make it up no, here. Not at all. Like not some of all. the best ones. I mean, the, and, and thankfully, um, I know people love to knock it, but we can pretty much thank Patron for creating the exporting of tequila, or importing, however you want to say it. Um, well, he did both, right? He's one of the first that he, that he, really he created globalized the market, tequila. Yeah. Before that, all we knew was mixed up. We knew Jose Cuerva, which is a grain slash tequila slash... Tanya Tucker sang I, a song about it, yeah. getting drunk and fucking people. Yeah, well, <laughs> what did I do in my junior year of high school? Like, yeah. basically. Um, so, like... Going down and seeing that distillery, um, seeing what they do, how much they care for their workers and, and put back, it really changes your perspective. And all these great tequilas wouldn't exist if they had not initially made that move um, going into it. So one more piece on tequila. I want to get your take on this. And then I want to jump into high technology here. But um, Oh, God. Well, <laughs> on high technology being diehard. Uh, I, I, I weld and work uh, wood. <laughs> <laughs> Do you prefer your tequila with with a lime or an orange, or does it matter? Or, or is it the or is it the tequila that calls for it? So, if you're gonna press me on one or the other, I'm gonna do orange. That's but but thank you, Jesus. 
Done. <laughs> nope, we're done. No, Cut no. it. This is going to all be edited. No, you don't I'm have to gonna, listen. I'm going to tell everyone else. I'll just give you this bit if you want to hear it. I think tequila, there's so much hard work that goes into it. Um, if it's a good tequila, it should be hot and naked. Um, and not hot in the sense of like putting in a microwave, but out of the bottle in a glass. And that's it. Um, there's so much care. Uh, tequila arrows, what, what they're putting into it. Um, really setting what it should taste like. It should be enjoyed that way. I, I, I hold it in the same vein as an amazing scotch, an amazing bourbon. Um, okay. Where, where you don't really want to... There doesn't need the other flavors in the party. But if you just want to shoot something and slam it down and it's like halfway decent, it's not like a crazy expensive one, yeah, I, I'd go orange. To answer your question. Go orange. I, it's, it's funny. Like I've been... I've seen people shooting tequila. Like just drinking way too much tequila. And then they see, I see the limes go out. And I will say, hey, can you do me a favor? I'm like, sure. I'm going to put one orange on there. Whoever bought that round, give them the one with the orange. Well, if you want, if you want to up the ante on that, yeah. do an orange dusted with a cinnamon sugar. Ooh. That's actually a traditional way in Mexico for some um, mezcals to be consumed. And that does, it's a tasty treat. <laughs> it sounds like it. I've, I've gotten more free tequilas doing that trick. Being like, hey, um, do an orange slice. Bro, I do limes. I'm like, can you do, do you like it? Well, uh, I said, uh, I can take a tequila and even almost a well, and not anymore today. My, I, my tastes have refined a little bit, but I've taken well tequilas back in the day. Oh, we Gargled all. them. <laughs> just gargled them and swished them around in my mouth and swallowed them. And like, that's so good. And then bite the lime and have that taste change to such an earthy, bitter, not what I want out of my tequila taste. And then... Now it's like, oh, I can, I mean, I was doing 1942 Don Julio with a bucket of oranges, sipping it with, with a, with just no ice cube, just in there, pour it in there, just room temperature, pour it in there, sip it, nibble on the orange, sip it, nibble on the yeah. orange. I'm on the beach in Cabo doing that with my buddy Jorge, uh, shout out to Jorge and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and Doc K down in Cabo, why don't you go see the Baja Cantina kids? But it was it was amazing. I mean, he really taught me a lot about tequila. And he's like, dude, just relax, just sip it, just enjoy it, really, just enjoy this. Oh, absolutely. And it's, I I feel now it's like there's an edge, and, and Patron started this, and we 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 you know can definitely do more of it. But <clears throat> and no offense to Tito and the other people here that make vodka, shoot your vodka. Yeah. Sip but, your sip your whiskeys. You know, and and if it was a shot, shoot your gin for all I fucking care. Sip your whiskeys and sip your tequilas. Gin is glorified vodka, <laughs> <laughs> unless you start getting into like the the old Tom style or, or multi like like Jennifer or something. But yeah, gin's vodka. Gin's vodka. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Bruce, they've cut in. They've broken in. For those of you that are following along at home or not following along at home. They've broken in. Okay. Um, Bruce is running around half buck naked. He's got his uh, he's got his a frame that, on. That scene threw me off. Like, why was he staring at that girl in the window? I think because there's no relevance that comes up later. It's just uh, no. I, I think it's more of just if if I were to guess, it is. It shows it shows his vulnerability. So he's seeing her vulnerability. He's like, dude, I'm getting shot over here. You're naked, and fucking over here. Well, What's going on? It, it goes on throughout the movie though, which always threw me. Like. He's checking out girls at the airport. Yep. That there's going to be a scene later on that kind Checks, of, yep. so it keeps going through. I'm just like, 
I mean, I think it also shows a separation from his wife. Yeah. That is that is very male in, in some capacity, right? Which is like, okay, I'm mad you're leaving me. Yeah. However, have you seen that girl over there? <laughs> uh, you know, and it's it's not that that guys act on it. It is it's that. I think like anything, and I, and women do it as well. Just I, they don't do it maybe as openly as men do. It's human nature. We're, we're yeah. visual creatures. Um, but also, I mean, beyond that, I mean, sense, pheromones, like, get scientific as hell. But. Dude, I, the, the science of women picking wrong men only because of the fact that they're on birth control, that it blocks the sensory receptors in their brain that allows them to smell the mate that they want or that they should have, it breaks it up. You just went into a whole. <laughs> so I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> You're just gonna crack open. He's like, I'm just gonna take a drink now. Yeah. The, the bullshit is written. No, that's not bullshit. That's really real. So Hans Gruber, we I, get. I, I know there's subjects I shouldn't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did. Damn it. Uh, Hans Gruber, our boy. Um, by the way, a great bad guy named Hans Gruber. Yeah. Alan Rickman. Uh, Alan Rickman's it, good. It, he'll always be um, Sheriff Nottingham. To me. Yep. I, I always make the joke about my mother, who's a, a radical right Christian. I'm like, she's the little right of the Sheriff of Nottingham. And some people get it. You smile. Some people look at me, they're like, that's a book reference, right? And I'm like, okay. You just, you know what? Just... <laughs> did you read all the Harry Potters? I did. Okay, we're done. We gotta, <laughs> we're, done. We're, we're done now. We're good. Now he's, the, like, the, the combination of some of these actors, and I'm, I'm forgetting... Um, the the cop that's gonna come in the main one it's Reginald yes. uh, Val Johnson. Oh, don't ask me. We were watching uh, when people are like, "Yeah, you've referenced this before." I don't care. My podcast. Uh, we were watching. <laughs> we were we were we were, uh, we were doing a Roadhouse, and um, you know you've got uh, now. I'm gonna damn. Why couldn't we do that one? Oh, dude, it was. Dude, could, Can we just redo it? Jason Dick hadn't seen it, so he didn't know about the ripping open of the throat, and he's like, "Oh, what? Are we watching Mortal Kombat?" Like. <laughs> He freaked out. All right, so we're going to restart Die Hard and just do a repeat of Roadhouse. Now, do a repeat. I really feel like watching it. Dude, Road, I, watched, I tried to watch Roadhouse 2 the other night. I was like, this is not good. <laughs> but we were, uh, we're sort of watching it, and you've got, you've, you've got the whole cast of characters in there, and um, you've got Sam Elliott in there. Yeah. Well, I call him throughout the whole movie Sam Donaldson. And Jason, <laughs> Jason's like, I don't think that's who it is. And I'm like... They have another beard, Sam Donaldson. He's like, okay. It will be Sam Donaldson be by the end of this. <laughs> Dude, my email box was like, ding, 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 ding. I'm like, hey, oh, you guys, I made a mistake. All right, this is, you know, come on, calm down. Um, what, you know, so you you did, you mentioned real, uh, real quick about, uh, you know, driving around AK-47 next yes. to you, keeping you safe. Oh. Yes. Best story with that. So that yes. was when I went to Avion. Um, we got to the end of the trip and it was a pleasure to be there with a bunch of, uh, Austin and San Antonio bartenders. Um, a lot of people and just badass bars, um, mixologists, owners, everything. Um, we got to end the trip and actually, um, the owner of Avion was there and he's like, so they had a current strike going on with transportation. He's like, our drivers aren't here. And they had these eight four by four Wranglers lined up. <laughs> and they're like, y'all are from Texas. Y'all been really cool. Are there eight of y'all that feel comfortable driving up to the top of a, a mountain? Yes. The road? My hands never shot up so fast in my life. <laughs> we were tearing up this place. 
going up. I mean, Dust, like bandanas, they were all like drop tops. Uh, like, so, I mean, it was... It was real. Yeah. Had our little guy with a gun in the back. Um, got to the top. They had this beautiful table set for us. The most amazing food I've had. We were sitting and drinking Avion 44. Um, like it was just water. Like it, it was wow. absolutely just magical. Um, there's this massive cross um, that was up there that the workers had built because all their fields up there were going up up the, the hill. So they're actually like cutting the penis down with the, the coas like going down a hill right there. So I mean, it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in Mexico. Damn. And also probably one of the dumbest because I probably should not have been driving up it a mountain, especially <laughs> at the speed I was going. Especially the speed, yeah. for sure not driving down after, right? I did not drive down after. Nice. We 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 were responsible. We had designated drivers that were going to drive us down. So I, I chose to have fun and go up sober and then ride back down. That's <laughs> awesome. On. That's awesome. Um, what are uh, as as we're watching is as, as we see. Uh, Hans and everyone is, you know, we're getting our, our first Someone's big... Someone's about to get killed. Someone's about Spoiler to get killed. Alert. Spoiler alert, right? Our CEO at his workstation is about to get killed. Um, we know Hans Gruber's tradition is to is to rob and murder and make, and his, and his uh, computer guy make quirky jokes during the holidays. <laughs> what are some of your uh, holiday traditions that you, uh, that you embrace? So I have several. Um, I will... I've been knocked for it by some people before, but I absolutely love Christmas and birthdays. Um, I don't. There are two of my dude. I love I, favorite holidays. I love Christmas. Now that I got a kid, it's the best. I I, I I hope to have a kid one day, but I still love it. I respect it that you love it without having a kid. It's. I mean, I dude. I, I respect the hell of that because it was hard for me to love it without having a kid. Um, it's easy now, and now it's also like torture. So December first comes <laughs> sure. around, the tree's up. No, it's it's my torture to my child. Yeah. I put the wrapped presents under the tree December first, and she's like, "Dad, can I have one?" I'm like, "No, Dad." Sit there. <laughs> she's just like, "You did." No, it's one of my my favorite childhood memories. Um, well, I, I don't know if it's childhood. I was older, but it was. Uh, what year was the first uh, Big Twelve Championship? UT in Nebraska is ninety. Something, whatever. Earlier, I don't know. It was some, so correct me. The big thing was was my dad was just obsessed with like the perfect Christmas tree, and I always wanted to help the lights. And when he got asked to help the lights, you're all of a sudden like a man. All of a you sudden, Dad Clark W. Griswold. Yeah, close. <laughs> um, and that was the first year, and I, I remember watching the UT Nebraska game and helping him put the lights up, and I was never been happier in my life. That's awesome. Um, and it was just a really cool experience. Ended up going and graduating from UT, so that might have been the, the catalyst of it all. Um, but that, um, I, I keep going back to Mexico, but Please I, do. I, I grew up with tamales on Christmas Eve, um, okay. which are amazing. If you haven't tried it, uh, definitely do it. I do Chinese food. Chinese food is great too. Yeah, but I, I like the tamales. I do tamales on Christmas Day. I get them the night before, right? But um, yeah. and then cook them up that day. But because uh, I don't know how to make my own, I'm not that good. I tried you? messing with masa before, Dude, and I'm terrible at it. I don't know what I made. But, <laughs> I mean, it was edible, <laughs> but it was not not good. Um, but the the other big thing, my um, my my grandmother, my mother's side, um, and 
she's the one that had the, the farm and ranch. Um, okay. Still the outside the family or outside Fort Worth. Um, had a, an amazing eggnog recipe. Ooh. That was actually hand whipped eggs. So it gets to a thickness of like a pudding almost um, where you can't drink it. You're like eating it. But she, God bless her, I don't think ever drank a day in her life. And as an adult now, after bartending, looking at the recipe, yeah, is the booziest damn drink I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Do you make it? I, I was the one person she taught before she passed away. Um, so That's I, awesome. I've carried on the recipe, and I'm planning on making it again this year. But it is excessive. But it tastes delicious. <laughs> Once again, art, man. When you can do it right, uh, it tastes good. When you do it wrong, tastes like berries. <laughs> you're 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 shitting sparkles and, and barfing up Taco Bell. In all fairness, I, I mean I've I've been in the industry for nearly eighteen years now. Um, I've made some garbage drinks, so I mean um, it, it doesn't matter how much experience you have. Like you can still miss the boat pretty bad. I have uh, I've I've sat in the in the bar late at night trying to figure out a different way to make drinks, thinking I'll have my own little recipe. Yeah, not good. Yeah. You know, but then, you, do you know Craig, uh, Drew, Elm Group? The, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, I, you know, I, when Irene's was first opening up, I'd go down there quite a bit. Craig would invite me down. He'd make me cocktails at 9 in the morning, and they're, I mean, they're masterful. They're yeah. great. He's a master sommelier. He's like, oh, try this, try this. Like, Jesus, Craig, I'm trying to do some work over here. He's like, yeah, I'm just helping you out. I'm like, no, you're not. We had seven <laughs> open drinks over here. Like, you're not paying for them. Like, hey, Craig, uh, inconsequential. I drove. I'll take an Uber down here next time, and we'll just lay it on. He's like, no, no, no I'm not here to get you drunk. What the, the, it's kind of part and parcel with it, like uh, especially with the the new menu we just rolled out, Midnight Cowboy R and D sessions are amazing and terrible at the same time. Yeah, because there's no way to create something, especially when it's a complex drink, without going through multiple iterations. Um, but you also at a certain point your palate shot, and you're like sitting there being like. I'm drunk. I need to go home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done with this right now. I can understand that. What do you, um, is tequila your favorite, uh, base to work with? It was for a long time. Um, I think I've switched right now to, um, tequila being one of my favorite straight spirits. Neat. Okay. Um, I really got on a rum kick. Really? Um, with agricole uh stuff i gotta talk to you about rum then like yeah. we were gonna talk about rum but finish your finish your thing um ryan who's uh the agm over at midnight cowboy um he has had a wonderful opportunity to kind of travel over most of rum world and actually spend time um and he has taught me so much and it's really it bolstered my interest from just like oh rum's rum to know there's all these nuances to it and so it's become a really fun spirit to play with for, for me personally. So there's been, especially in the South, Florida, thank you, Florida, Louisiana, Georgia. Um, How about the hair, though? I like the hair. He's got, he's got <laughs> bangs. Where did what the bangs did, go? Where did the bangs go? Where did, what does the fox say? And where did the, hey, guy right. who made What Does the Fox Say? Why don't you make the new video, Where Did the Bangs Go? All right? Why don't you do that next? Hashtag bring bangs back. Bring bangs back, please. <laughs> uh, what do you... Um, there's been a lot of rum distilleries popping up. 
But they're trying to mix like older rums buying them with their six month old sitting in a barrel rum as they try to catch up in this, which I think is wrong in, in my humble opinion, this VC backed push for, for spirits where that works with vodka. You don't have to age vodka. Yeah. And it doesn't work with whiskey. It doesn't work with rum. Well, what a lot of people don't realize, uh, and this goes to scotch, rum, the age statement you see on the bottle is not, that entire bottle is aged at that level. It's whatever they mixed with it, right? There is younger scotch, younger rum mixed into it, and it's, it's always been the case. But part of that, the reasoning behind that is not to take from the consumer, it is to actually um, keep consistency in, in the product. Like you can't okay. sit there and age something for got a twenty five year McAllen and then do another twenty five year. The oak, the barrels, things are gonna change. Water source, whether or not you believe in global warming and pollution. Um, there's one guy, there's one guy I know that doesn't. He's the he's the only one. Is, is, is that individual <laughs> one? It's that one guy. I'm gonna to talk to him about his tan. But other than that, I mean <laughs> Individual one that once became or that went on to become president, like that, that entire like. Have you actually read that? You can actually pull a PDF and read that. The whole thing. No, I know. Yeah, it is like. Can we just not use names? Like this is so, like, <laughs> it's just, ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous. I just you guys can't see the smile. There's a little tear in my eye just from laughter, and it's terrified laughter that someone is like. I mean, I see the science. I've read the science. I like science. I don't know if I agree with exactly this science. With, with no background in the in science. science. <laughs> Minus the science of putting that hair together every morning. There's zero background. There's zero background in science. Or, or the science of landing hot wives. Like, he's got, he's sci- he, he, I'll give him a doctorate in two things. Making that hair work. And with that hair, that orange doughy body... And eating fried chicken with a with a knife and fork, that weird fucker always lands hot chicks. He does. Well, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and <laughs> I probably should redact no, my name please. before some people hate Just me for go this. Go on a limb. Um, I don't think he's an evil guy. I think he's a bad dude. I think he's not someone I want to be friends with. But I think he's kind of had people play him more than he realizes. To get where they wanted to go. Oh, 100%. And I think it's still going on, and I, it, it's a shame. And I understand the whole thing with, with Hillary, or individual number two. It's what, all good, yeah. Um, I, my parents actually uh, knew the Clintons. Oh, wow. Like, I, I, I'm the black sheep of the family. Uh, my dad uh, worked for Governor White. Um, he fought for education his entire life. He's actually came out of retirement to lobby for teacher retirement um, these past couple of sessions. Um, my brother works for the state as well. Um, and Hillary is pregnant with Chelsea and my mom was pregnant with my brother. Okay. Brother. Um, really good people. I get she was not the candidate to run at the time. But it, it, it's weird how the vil- villainization kind of occurred on her when it wasn't really like if you really look at the things they're trying to say it, it wasn't real yeah i mean I, so I'm, I'm the black sheep of the family because my uh a lot of my family is very very religious but we have a machine uh, gun now so we got a machine gun now <laughs> we've gone up we've gone from a nine millimeter to a machine gun 
as is our conversation going from a nine millimeter tequila <laughs> to a machine gun, which is politics. Um, I, I love no, that. He, I, love, that. Sorry. I love that he writes the note. By the way, he's he's, yeah. he's keeping score on his. If you survive this, if he went when you know if you're doing this and you survive this and you kept score, do you not make that a permanent tattoo? Like I make that my tattoo. Like that's the tattoo on my forearm. I was like, what did you do? It, Hans zero. In a situation like this, probably <laughs> probably because yes. I'd be proud of this because you saved people and it was some. Fucked up people that were, were you, doing you killed some fucked up people. Yeah. You blew up a building, the Nakatomi Center, and you saved a shit ton of lives. Yeah. That's my tattoo. Hans Zero, me one. Yeah, Hans. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm the black sheep because a lot of my family is, is very religious. And just, you know, whereas Hillary just didn't say, yeah, I love Jesus, number one. Yeah. Right, Hillary actually embraced what is this country, which is you can believe what you want to believe. I'm not running behind or under the cloak of yeah. a religion to make my decisions. I'm trying to involve everyone. Whereas Trump's doing the exact Trump. Trump is actually like I'm doing what what it, it looks oh, like. What it looks like. I'm doing what I want to do. And by the way, this is just all my perception. I could be a thousand percent wrong, but. Uh, the, the Christians, yeah, but he panders, and I'm not, that's not saying that all politicians at that level don't pander. I believe they all do, but he pandered to the Christians, and as a man who's lied, cheated, stole, racist, and Christians are like, yeah, but when you, when you love Jesus, you're forgiven. A two things, and people sometimes email in and go, really. Yeah, I'm a pastoral ministries major. I'll talk about this. Two things. One, Jesus died on the cross for everyone. If you believe in Christ or, or not, but if, especially if you're a believer, died for everyone. So when you have that dumb fucking bumper, bumper sticker that says, I'm not perfect, I'm forgiven, it's not you, asshole. It's everyone. Yeah. Every fucking person on the planet. It's not you. You're not You're not special. If you, whether you, if you believe, you believe he did it for everyone. Not just the people who believe in him, but the people who didn't as well. So we're all not perfect, but we're all forgiven. A. Two, the guy, if you believe that God left us all this stuff, why is it that Christians are the ones that abuse it the most? Taking 80% of everything on the planet. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, the God God wants us to provide. And I could do a Well, do you whole... want to start talking about the Crusades? Let, yes, Let's lock it in there do. if you want to. I'm, we, I'm, I mean, I'm a history guy. <laughs> I'm a history guy as well. I think, I think two things set planet Earth in different directions. Or how about colonization? <laughs> and then three, but on the war front, two, two groups set the world in different directions. 100% crusades created and allowed Christians to act victimized while at the same time ta attacking, murdering, and killing. Which the, is very Christian. Which is very Christian. Prior to them, the only other person that literally impacted the footprint of the globe was Genghis Khan. With the amount of people that he killed, the way he killed, and everything else, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, you listen to that seven-part series on Genghis Khan. I've listened to it three times. It's absolutely fascinating. I have not, but I need to check that out. Check it out. But yeah. so those are the two things. Those are the two groups well, that you, have you, you, fundamentally changed. You can't leave out Rome. You you can leave out. I'll tell you what. You add in Rome with the with the idea that. I mean, in, in all fairness, there wouldn't be English colonization without Rome. 
That's true. That 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 that's true. The that's start point. of that being created. And and the um, <clears throat> it's all it's it's funny, right? So you've got you've got the Catholics, you've got Rome, and you've got this weird Christian Jesus bent towards we don't like the gays. However, during Roman times, if you weren't big enough or strong enough to be a soldier or a worker, you were a fuckboy. Yeah. You, you you just got fucked by, by bigger men. And no <laughs> one seemed to care at the time. And and, and that's where... You know, well, arguably right now in the Catholic Church, some people don't care right now. <laughs> I would say that if the Catholic Church was an NFL team, it wouldn't be in the NFL anymore. <laughs> if it was a daycare center, it would have shut down a long time ago. Yeah. If it was anything but... Not knocking anything about Catholicism. I, it's it's not it's it's man's touch on it, right? Yeah. It's it's the idea of control and power and, and what I want or what I want to get. I mean, it is. Oh, look at those gas prices! Seventy four cents ninety. Sorry, seventy four seventy four ninety. Seventy four, dude. It's it's seventy four cents and nine tenths of a cent. I like how gas prices always have the nine tenths of a cent. They're always just, and this guy with the that's long how, hair. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. Like, oh, I'm gonna say that tenth of a cent. I like the guy with the long hair. He is, he's, I believe he's the grandfather to the Hanson kids. Well, and the way he's carrying the gun, no one would carry it that way. No. He's like slow stalking with it completely upright. Like if you're trying to kill someone. You have it. That's not efficient. It's not efficient. <laughs> that's theater worthy. Worthy. I, I remember this girl uh, that I liked in college. Her, uh, her dad was an FBI guy. And he, I remember I was hanging out and talking with him. He goes, you know, I, I hate watching all this stuff because... They carry the guns wrong. Yeah. They shoot the guns wrong. They carry the guns wrong. It's very well, frustrating. Well, speaking on guns. Yeah. I love to jump a conversation. Please. The, yeah. The, the, the <laughs> to what's about to happen here? Because I remember the scene and I, this is the Hollywood stretch. So he pulls the strap on the automatic weapon off. Yep. And if you look at the length, he's hanging down from it. Or maybe it's coming up here in a second. It'll come up here in a second when he's done the elevator shaft, yeah. It is way too long. There's no way in hell that strap has that amount of length on it. No. And, and I mean, this... All, all they could have done is, like, make it one floor shorter. Be like, he jumped in this floor. <laughs> he went from one floor to the other. Instead, he went down, like, three or four floors. Do you, Oh, look, dude, there's the, there's the nod to the... Yeah. Nod to the, the, the movies again. Do you also... Uh, I mean, this is parkour before there was parkour. The way he's jumping around the buildings. Very much so. Bare, the, the, barefoot, too. Uh, we barefoot. haven't touched on that yet. He, he's been barefoot the entire movie. He did, He can't find shoes. He's, uh, he makes the joke he's got small feet. And then he kills one terrorist who's got smaller feet than him. Well, you know the, the reference at the beginning of the movie that was about the barefoot? Yes. And, and this is why it's like scripted so well. It was the guy on the plane saying, like, when you got off the plane, yep. make fists with your feet. So he was doing that. What is uh? What's your trick? Do you have? Do you get jet lag? I don't get jet lag. Jet lag? No, I hate flying. You do? Um, I I do not in that. I Here's don't your like, scene. Yep, it's coming up. Watch the link. Like, look at that strap right now, and watch the link that goes down. By the way, when the, when the, <laughs> when the gun was over his shoulder, the butt of the gun didn't reach his hip bone. At best, it's maybe three feet, and at best that goes way further down. But no, I um. My thing with flying, I uh, it's loss of control. Okay. Once you get in there, I'm yep. trusting someone else, which 
there are times I might not necessarily trust myself. So, and especially not in an airplane. Um, yeah. So I think it's just nervousness that not having control on your own destiny at a certain point. Okay. Like you're just, you're in this tube flat hurtling through the, the sky. Hopefully really we get where we're going. Explosive gas. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, when you're, uh, do you drink on planes or are you just, do you zonk out and sleep? Um, there it is. There it is. It's that going is down. far more. Yeah, by the way, if this was made in uh, 1997, they would have those Nextel. Remember those Nextel phones that were also a walkie-talkie? Yeah. They would have all had those. Like right now, they've just got regular walkie-talkies. I mean, look at that link. That, that's, we're, we're going down like, like 10, 12 feet right now. Look at the It's good. I'm not encouraging going out and buying a gun, but go look at a strap on a gun. Go it look at go that long. <laughs> and he's trying to reach across a floor. Like, look at that. Once again, the hand strength. He's he's a CrossFit genius. The way he's doing this. He's parkour. Parkour. Look, and look at how much he's got left. He's got a, he's got a good like, six inches left, bro. And uh 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 uh. uh nope. Sorry. Yeah. No. Sorry. I'd be dead. We're dead. <laughs> I would not have caught that. <laughs> With his bare feet and his slippery, his slippery, sweaty hands. Have you seen the Christmas ornament that's this? So they've got, no. Yeah, so they've got a Christmas ornament. When he lights it up, when he gets his, this is by the way, why he smokes, right? Now he's got a, he's got an excuse to have a letter. That's the ornament right there. <laughs> Just, awesome. they, they print that out right there. Right there, I think he says something like, come out to the West Coast, let's have some food, let's have some laughs, or something like yeah. that. He makes it, he's like, come on out, it'll be fun, we'll have a great time, see the ocean. <laughs> but the comedic value of this. No, yeah. It, it works. This So I really feel this is the first action movie that was scripted properly, where there was actually, I hate saying depth because most people laugh and be like, there's no depth to this. But There's a little bit of depth to this. It, it wasn't just like, let's blow some shit up. Let's have fun. Let's shoot some guns off, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, especially just for a pure action film, you can see where Terminator wasn't a pure action film. Sci-fi, trying to tell a story. Yeah, there, it's there. Most action films, and I agree with you, Chuck Norris, right? You know, you're like, oh, okay, you're gonna. Or Sylvester Stallone, oh, you're a cop who has a really cool old car, Cobra, and you chew on matchsticks, and you're going to follow the guys, just shoot everyone up. And the reason that you left the precinct to go to a hotel by yourself to kill 50 bad guys was, what? <laughs> you left and the precinct, happened? and what's happening? Whereas this is, there's there's a little there's a lot more depth to it. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's also the holidays. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and... Uh, Going back to that, anyone says it's not a Christmas movie, at the end of the movie, listen to the credits and all the music. Christmas. Nothing but Christmas. Here's our uh, here's our copper. My favorite character in the movie. He is, uh, he's awesome. I, I also love when John's up on the roof and he's dialing, what we saw that earlier, and he's calling 911, like, sir, this is a secure channel. Send yeah. the fucking cops! Send everyone, arrest me. I'm daring you. You come down here and arrest me. Yeah. And, and for anyone asking, that is Reginald Val Johnson, who you've seen Ooh, in very many sitcoms. Yeah, a ton of sitcoms. Awesome. 
guys out. I mean, he's got royalty checks. He's he's well taken care of. He's, uh, he's but, doing well. But he's about to drive his car like an insane person. I don't feel like a cop would actually do this the <laughs> way he does it. But if I was having a gunshot at me, I'd probably... you freak out a little yeah. bit. Right? I love it. What are you doing, asshole? I'll what give him the doing? benefit of the doubt. <laughs> He's driving around. Go to the fucking door. If you haven't heard yet, it says uh, Stevie Wonder driving his car. <laughs> which in this day and age would not be appropriate and people would get upset about. <laughs> but in 88... I, I, it's like, I feel bad there's a, you know, you're finding now, uh, whether someone wins an award or anything else, and to your point on the Stevie Wonder joke, is they go, oh, well, you know, in 2012, this person made this uh, offensive tweet. Yeah. And all I can think is, man, I can't run for office or do anything. I used to make a Marley Matlin joke. I'm like, if you lost out to Marley Matlin in a speaking role as an actor, quit acting. Because the woman is deaf, and she uh, signs and kind of speaks through the whole thing. Not saying she's not a great actress, because I actually believe she's a great actress. But I used to make that joke for actors or actresses, especially when I lived down in L.A., like, oh, did you lose out to her? You quit acting. Now, in this day and age, if I was running for office and someone pulled that up on one of my old blogs or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, I'm crucified. And there's and there's no sense, reaper, there, there's no idea of understanding one that we're all dumb assholes at some time like Nick Cannon you see what Nick Cannon did yeah he pulled up all the old tweets of everyone else who's going against Kevin Hart and who's blasted everyone else for saying bad things and then um, someone else pulled up you know because Jimmy Kimmel's been hot on after everyone like you used to be on the man show calm down yeah no it's um, after this last political midterms um I guess it's just the time of the year or world we live in keeps going political. I'll try to make it fun. Yeah. Um, I was actually really motivated. Um, I'm at the age now to actually be involved. Obviously, my family has been involved inside. Heard things, understand how things work. Um, I'm very hippie liberal um, and definitely have made plenty of mistakes in my life. But what you're saying, it's like we make mistakes. There to me, it's there. There's a gray line of forgivable, forgivable mistakes and things that are like, no, you're, we can't forgive that. Um, life is a growing journey. Um, you learn from it. I've learned from a lot of my dumb shit. I've, I've never completely wronged someone or taken advantage or committed a crime um, to, to someone else. But it's like I've definitely made mistakes on my own and had to yep. grow and learn from them. So I feel like people need to start realizing that, yes, the, the, the bad, bad people, yeah, that that should be taken into consideration. People that, like, says something dumb one time about something irrelevant and all of a sudden now being kind of redone, it wasn't the same thing, I, I feel like. No, I... I, I, and I don't I, know if that made sense, and I probably... No, I, I, I couldn't <laughs> agree with you more. I mean, it's, it's amazing... The, the arc of, of our, our awareness of where yeah. we're at and how we need to grow. You, know, to, you don't have to celebrate someone. You know, it, it's a funny thing. And it's like, I don't want to celebrate this person because they had slaves. It's like, okay, well, all I want you to do then is just bring me back someone else. Just bring back someone else to celebrate. Like, let's get history right. History yeah. was, at one point in time was written by winners. 
Remember Columbus when we were in, in school? And he was this great guy who came across and... Sailed the ocean blue. Sailed the ocean blue amazing. in 1492. Sailed so fast, he scraped his ass. Didn't I mean, kill anyone. Did No, he just came <laughs> over. He found a new world that people already lived on. Yeah. You know, and then you get the, the, the fun... Then there was the fun part of it, where there was, there was two years. It's like, oh, it's Columbus Day. I'm going to go steal shit. It's mine. I found it. I mean, it was, you, you didn't know you had it, so yeah. I took it. And then it was the real honest shit about... And it doesn't discount the fact that Columbus made an epic journey. It just discounted the fact of, of what the, the native people went through because they didn't have the technology to write it down and, and characterize right. it in the, in the way that he did. So he owned that part of history for, for a long period of time. And my only pushback to everyone wanting to change things is I think that's fine to change things. But let's make sure that when we do it, Let's put someone else up there in that place that actually went through struggle, went through pain, Cops and won. There. Cops are showing About up. About time. About time. That wouldn't happen in this day and age. They would have been there like two hours ago. Someone would have sent a tweet. Firing off an automatic weapon out of a 30-story building. They're there in a second. But it's Los Angeles. People are crazy. <laughs> but I, you, know, you, you wonder, and then <clears throat> at the same time, in our, in our arc up of growing and understanding and changing maybe who our heroes should be, we can't rise up so high that when we look back at the transgressions of what we've done, that we try to now hold everyone accountable for celebrating a Columbus Day or, or making an, I mean, an, an inappropriate comment. Yeah. Balance in growth has to be everything. And I'll, and I'll bring that back to movies where you said, you know, this is well done because there's balance in growth. It's, you could shoot someone every 20 seconds in this film, but you don't, right? There's balance and growth in this. There's balance and growth in a perfect cocktail. There's balance and growth in a, in, a, in a conversation. There's balance and growth in a friendship. There's balance and growth in life and who you are and how you move through it. And hopefully the change and what you want to say or what you want to leave for your kids or your nephews or your nieces or anyone else around you that looks up to you that could be the same age or older, that balance and growth makes us all as a society do that. Yeah. But in these earthquakes of ups and downs... The problem is, is that you get this aggressive pushback because your judgment is so aggressive, but you don't have a counterpart to it. You just have a no, but you don't have an alternative, and you're not piecing together history still. Right? There's no, there's, it's amazing when two or three or five friends get together, the world's problems can be solved, especially over a couple of cocktails. Yeah. But a thousand people together... And it's, but I've got to be the squeaky wheel. I've got to be the outlier. I've got to yeah. stick out a little bit more. I, I think it's going back to what we were talking about. It's history. Um, unfortunately, it's something that's I've noticed um, younger people than I has fallen by the wayside. Um, if you don't know where you came from, you can't grow and expand. If yeah. you don't know the people during the civil rights movement, what they went through, we're, we're going to tumble back into a, a free fall. Um, I mean, go, like... You're talking per, about this. No, Bring per, it up. Yeah. Per, perfect example. I mean, this movie, it's... I mean, I love it, but had this movie been put out this year, the stereotypes for multiple um, cultures, everything that's going on, it would not be had. Like, it, it would be pan left and right and attacked. Um, so, I mean, going from the 80s, but it's also bringing in, 
Like we, we're, we're dealing with terrorism here. We're dealing with, it hasn't, I don't think hit it. So I don't want to do another spoiler. No, no, go into it. Fine. Okay. Um, with a, a black cop shooting a, a child. Um, there are so many things that like w- when I rewatched it, like I didn't even take into account when I was, so I was 10 years old when I first saw this. It came out in 88. Um, I saw it in 91. Okay. Um, at my friend's house, who his parents were way more laid back. That's where I had my first beer, too. hope my parents aren't listening. Shout out to your friends. Your parents. <laughs> um, not, not at 10, but a little bit older. Um, but we watched this, and it was awesome. And like seeing this now, and now as an adult, going back and seeing where the the world is it's it's really kind of interesting because not that it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy but like these ideals and concepts and uh, of mankind have existed forever they have and it's it's not i think the difference is what social media and global television and access oh, yeah. to anything is it shortens those cycles Right, so where the cycle might have been longer because it took yeah. everyone longer to catch up, <clears throat> the cycle now is so much faster, yeah. and and it's so much more interesting to when people have a uh, I mean, when the newspaper came out, people said no one was going to talk anymore because they had a paper to read, and you can look at pictures on the subway. People always have their their, their papers up. You know, yeah. the radio is available, and no one's going to leave their house. They're just going to listen to the radio, television, this internet now, the. The difference is, and what the difference has been in the past, is one, that life cycle has been longer. So it's been, as, as it burned out quickly, we had a, a longer lifestyle of coming back together again and doing yeah. things again and building community. And now, because of the immediacy of interaction, you can go from a World of Warcraft to a Fortnite in two short years. Yeah. And that there's not a, there's not a cycle it's, of growing yeah. out of it. No, it's... Um, I, I've said this to multiple friends. I do not envy, um, I, I, not, not the millennials, but luckily enough, I was still a Gen Xer by yep. a few short months. <laughs> um, but I don't envy growing up as a, a child in this world now. Like it was like, I didn't have a cell phone until I was a senior in high school. I, there was no apps. There was nothing like you communicated, you talked, you weren't, you didn't have the, the FOMO going on. You didn't have anything that was like, and now it's like, I can only imagine the pressure of a, like a tween teenager, even early 20 something, like growing up in the society now where it's just so much. So much going on and, and, and so much more aggressively coming at you. Yeah. You know, where it is, boy, I mean, flip phones are coming back into fashion for, for parents buying them for their kids. I don't want you on the internet. Yeah. By the way, I don't blame you. <clears throat> but by the way, the Razer was a fucking awesome phone. The Razer was I, a great I, I phone. I loved having that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm of the age where before there was a Razer, there was a StarTech. I, I had a Nokia, that, that brick that would not break. I had the Nokia for a long time. My first cell phone was a Nokia. My dad bought it for me at Costco. I had a 503 phone number. Because he bought it for me in Oregon. This is before you could just, uh, but I live here, so activate it now down there. It was through AT&T, and uh, I had this great 
great phone. Loved it. And that Nokia, that I mean, you're absolutely right. Didn't break, didn't scratch. You could drop that thing from two stories. Didn't matter. Fucking thing survived. And it worked. I actually bought tickets to, and I shit you not, uh, U2 and No Doubt at Dallas, American Airlines Arena, at a UT football game. I really? can't remember who we were playing, but that was right when Nokia started activating where you could actually do purchases through the phone. Interesting. So that was the crux of phones actually doing things like that. And so it, it took probably about two quarters with the football for a process. <laughs> but I got to say, I'm a huge YouTube, YouTube fan. Yeah. Um, no doubt, blew them away. <laughs> I went and saw, amazing. I went and saw Gwen Stefani and no doubt perform at Triangle Square, which is a small yeah. two-story mall in Southern California in front of 75 people and then got them to sign my CD afterwards. Gwen Stefani signed my CD afterwards. She was hanging out looking to autograph stuff. Oh, she, I, I actually met her um, years back when I was South by. Super sweet, like amazing Nice woman. woman. Yeah. Nice woman. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only time I met her was right when the band was taking, was staying on, this was 1995, 94, 95. And they were just trying to make a way. Yeah. And there's a reason they did. I mean, one, talent, but two, that band, that young woman, they hung out. They hung out with fans. Yeah. They did their thing. Well, that's their base. I mean, I I hate ska and I love ska. <laughs> <laughs> I had a ska phase. I, I've played trombone most of my life. Okay. I had the pleasure of playing Carnegie Hall. Wow. A lot of people don't know. I, I was actually halfway decent. I was a band nerd. Well, you're probably halfway, more than halfway decent, like Carnegie Hall. I was a That's band like, nerd. Someone said, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I golfed a little bit. I liked it. Play Pebble Beach. <laughs> you're pretty fucking good if you play Carnegie Hall. That's what fame was. It, the whole story of this show of fame was that they went to, like, Carnegie Hall and yeah. places to perform. It was absolutely amazing experience. Um, how about Argyle right there? How about Argyle just drinking now? Drinking Argyle's that. like, I'm so fucked. I think it was Johnny Walker Black or Johnny Walker Red. I couldn't tell from the label. I think it was Black. Johnny black. Walker Black. Do you um? So what? What is that? How, first of all, how old were you? And what's that like? There, I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. So so I did go on to be the drum major. It was actually one of the most prominent marching bands and symphonies in Houston, Texas. We uh, my senior year. He came in third in the state. Wow. Um, I almost thought about going on doing a, a drum corps. Um, my, this all came from my uncle. He had some Dixieland bands in New Orleans. And so I started playing trombone with him. So I was a, a brass guy. Um, real, real quick, and then let me finish. Um, so have you done the Sunday March? You know where they do that building of the band as the band grows and grows and people no. go and they play music throughout New Orleans? No. I, I've only been down there like to play in... With him, his stuff, yeah. Okay. Um, he he did pass away a, a few years ago. It, it was definitely a a rough Ooh. few months because he is someone outside of my my father that taught me what it was to like be a good person, be be a man, like take responsibility for stuff. Because they're both extremely hardworking, like awesome dudes. Um, but yeah, I. I I finally got my horns back and started playing, so I'm trying to 
take it back in because I spent so many years doing that that I really want to. How does that work? I mean, like everyone, you know, everyone's like the analogy of, a, hey, yeah, just ridden a bike once, right. you can ride a bike again, just get back on there. I'm assuming that it's different for music. Yes and no. Okay. Uh, especially with the brass instrument for all the trumpet, French horn, baritone, tuba, trombone players out there. Um, is everything. Um, and it's basically how you're blowing into the mouthpiece. Okay. And uh, it takes a while to build back up the muscles and the ability to actually do what you do without bleeding from your lips, basically. Wow. Um, so it, it's not an overnight, like, hopping on a bike and riding it. Which, honestly, isn't really that, too, because I bike messaged for a long time. and We should have done Quicksilver, then. Kevin Bacon, bike messenger, bike. New York City. Next time. <laughs> um, we'll do it. If you take a few weeks off a bike and you hop on it, you're going to be sorry. <laughs> and you're not going to want to sit in a chair. <laughs> Did, uh, oh, so I was, uh, I decided I was going to do a spin class. So I've done spin class a couple of times. Before this last spin class, I was in Chicago and I met this girl, Jacqueline. She's one of the lead or the lead instructor for Soul Cycle. Woman's amazing. I've been trying to try that out. Uh, Brandon Turner, who's with El Silencio Mezcal, has been trying to get me to go here in town. Do that. I've got two instructors that that um, that uh, Jacqueline Jackie put me on. She's like, these are the two guys in Austin that I, that I know that I trust. I was like, all right. But I went to twenty four hour walk into this class, and this girl's like, this is a thirty minute class. We do the work of a sixty minute class. And I was like, that's impossible. <laughs> Only because of thirty minutes and sixty minutes. That so math does not work. That, it's like it's like one pound of fat weighs more than one. That pound guy of, would understand it. That guy would understand. <laughs> one pound of fat weighs more than one pound of muscle. That's also impossible. They're both a pound. They could be different sizes, but that's impossible. So I go in this class, set the bike up. I think I've got it all set up. And this guy's like, "It's a hill class." So we sit down, we stand up, we sit down. We're always climbing, and then the last minute. We do a burnout of the legs. Yeah. I'm like, right, I'm in. So we're sitting down, pedal, 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 turn it a half, you know, or turn it a little bit more. You feel that burn? All right, stand up and crank it. So I stand up and I crank it and I'm pedaling hard. I'm like, this is pretty awesome. Good to get the sweat in. It's, it's not basketball. It's not what I usually do, but it's something different. I'm bored. Yeah. Sit down. Keep it up. Don't turn that tension down. No, 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 no. I'm in. All right, ready? Crank it. Stand up again. Stand up again. Pushing, pushing, pushing. Handlebars break. I go ass over tea kettle. Break out. Oh <laughs> break out of the stationary bike. You went hard. I went hard. <laughs> Bro, I fall head over heels. I've got a huge, I had a huge cut on the back of my leg. I'm all bruised up on the inside of one thigh. So did I have years worth of pre classes? Dude, no. 24 hour fitness. This is the knock on 24 hour. Uh, <laughs> but we're, uh, so the lady, you know, comes out, click, 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 comes running over. Oh, my gosh, are you okay? And then it's me. I'm a little bit embarrassed. I've got my phone and my keys finally. My hands kind of hurt because I landed right on my hands. Yeah. The, the handlebars broke. And uh, I just stood up, and everyone's kind of staring. And then I just go to me. I'm like, I, I think that bike's broken. And everyone just erupts laughing. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> You think? <laughs> and she's just like, but are you okay? I'm like, shit, I don't know if I'm okay or not. Like, I'm just, so then the front desk girl runs out. She goes, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And everyone's asking, are you okay? I'm like, I think I'm okay. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm for sure going to be bruised up, but I think I'm fine. Like, I don't break anything. 
I walk out and I hear two trainers like, dude, the, the, what happened in there? And I go, oh, the bike broke that I was riding. And they go, oh, that's weird. Those are brand new bikes. We've had them less than a year. I go, don't worry, bro. I'm okay. And you're just like, fucking dicks. Yeah, it's, well, it, I, I, think you, <laughs> I, I think you saw me when I had the sling on at 616. Yes. Years ago? Yes. All right. Did, did I ever tell you the fun story? No, you did not tell me the fun story. But if it's if it's rake if it's wrecking a stationary bike, which every one of my friends messaged me and said this, but did you spill your beer? And I'm like, listen, assholes, I wasn't drunk. All right, wasn't doing a podcast. Fuck off. So I was leaving dirty bills. I was not drunk. <laughs> First of all, that's a rarity to leave dirty bills and not be a little. I had gotten off to catch Laskal and managed to grab one beer. Unless it was nice enough to. Get it right under the shout out. Shameless plug to Dirty Bills. We love it. Love Dirty Bills. Yeah, got my Kiss Me I'm Dirty shirt on. Yeah. Um, so I got it right under the cuss, drank the beer, and then I was going to jet on home. So, for the record, whoever wants to stalk me, I live in Travis Heights off Old Torp. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, so, cruising out South Congress. Obviously, it's flashing yellow lights the whole way, red lights on the uh, east and west side. Yep. Um, I come up to one where there is a city truck. Um, you can't tell if he's stopping or going. Um, so I, I kind of pause, assume he sees me, start going. It's like an F-350, like serious. Big truck. one. Turns out he was digging around in the little console. It starts accelerating, not going fast. I get around the bumper quick enough, but it nailed me from the corner hit me over my shoulder, ribs, took all, all the contact. So that's why I was in that sling. Dude. Disgusted um, my shoulder, tore on the bicep, oh. uh, broke ribs. But the best sympathy tips I've ever made for about three months. Bartending with your right hand in the sling. <laughs> and I learned how to work a sling like no other with three shaker tins. Oh, dude. I could build drinks like none other. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Does it hurt? It does, but it's what I do for you. Sympathy tips. Exactly. <laughs> Sympathy tips. And the axe. And the axe. Uh, and shooting the, uh, blowing up the... Uh, this is what I never understood. Why did they have missiles? What were they expecting? They were expecting to be shut down. So their whole goal was to get... Lot, so their goal at the end, right, is that they're locked in there. It looks like they take off in the helicopter. Blow they blow the, the helicopter up. We're, we're ruining it. And then they're, they're, they escape underneath, which is why the cars or the trucks yeah, are underneath the ambulance. There. Yep, the ambulance. That was the end goal. So they had that. Um, but I like that when he's just... I like that, that everyone thinks that the more sticky things he puts in there, the bigger the C4 blow is going to be. Yeah. And the C4 is the C4. Yeah. It is what it is. He's like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to do this. But I, I also think that it's crazy that his wife... He's like, when Hans is freaking out, when everyone's losing their goddamn mind, his wife's like, oh, that's my husband. <laughs> He's like, yes. only, only my husband could piss someone off this bad. Or do this. This is the moment, right? She's like, oh, that was John. The that's only just, person missing right now. Yeah, the only person I haven't seen yet. And, and like, how did he not expect this coming back? Yeah. Bro, that's the whole point of the elevator. It's a shaft. Oxygen works that way. The yeah. fire's going to grow and go up. How are you smart enough to build a C4 bomb, but not smart <laughs> enough to understand where oxygen moves? It's, I mean, the, the, 
some of the principles of this are absolutely crazy. I love the asshole police captain. Yeah. Who is just... Oh, the FBI, too. And the FBI. Like, like they're, they're, they're made him look like fools through this whole movie. Do you... Um, and you, you, you wonder, right? So... I don't know, because I don't know any FBI agents. I know some police people. I don't know if it's real. Like this whole FBI hates cops, cops hate FBI. You only see it in the movies. So I, I, I loosely know a few police officers. Um, actually, do you know one CIA agent? Can't really speak nice. on that. <laughs> it's all right. Um, but I know there's definitely a turf war. Oh, there is a turf war? Because there's, I mean... When it comes to any industry, like there's people that don't want their toes step on and they feel they're they're elevated. Not for a not for I mean everyone's working to get to a certain spot. So mm-hmm. um so there's definitely a respect factor and everyone's trying to so when an event like this happens, obviously we've seen this happen, everyone's trying to get the same outcome, but there's also all the bureaucracy in it that's like who's in charge? who's handling this, who's going through these like avenues to get it handled. So, you know, a CIA agent, you know, some cops. You're, you're, well, I work downtown. Of course I know cops. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you you kind of have to, right? It's um, my, uh, one of my friends who is a, uh, a police officer. Um, we, uh, we, we know each other pretty well. Very, very, very nice woman. Her husband's a cop as well. I've told her this to her face. I think it's hilarious. I mean, she is, she's Irish, fresh off the boat, Irish, right? So she's one drink away from either a half hour sitcom or a one hour drama. I mean, you come over to her house and you're like, what's up? How you doing? We're, we're, there was a birthday party and they, you know, they hit the pinata and the candy comes out. She goes, and then she had extra bags of candy in case the little kids didn't get any candy because there's a lot of different ages. Anyone didn't get any candy. And I'm like, I didn't. (laughs) <laughs> and she just looks at me cop style she's like no and then was gonna like yell at me she's like it's you Jason get out of my house you know just go to the front yard play with the kids go to the front yard and play with the kids then she's also the person who goes oh yeah when I was doing um, and I want to I bring this up because it comes full circle to where you're at I really want to understand uh, what is on E6 in between Congress and 35, that area. Uh-huh. Some cops will say, I don't go there without a bulletproof vest. Uh, but then other people will say, oh, I'm just not there. Or like, I don't go to, e- I hate going to Easy Tiger to work at three in the morning or whatever, because that's when it's crazy or four in the morning. I've never met a bartender or a bar patron who's felt threatened in that area. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the, the question is twofold. One, how I guess for for Midnight Cowboy, which is not Moose Knuckle, yeah, right, definitely not, definitely not. So you have a I different. Mean, it can be if you want to. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jesus, please don't. Uh, but you, you have a different patronage coming to to, to your bar that, that that goes to the some of the other bars in that area, right? Yeah. So a, how do you? I know you show a difference in service and in class and and drinks and everything else, but how do you bring them in? And then b, um. How would you like to see E6, maybe in any way or maybe not at all, changed? Well, it's, yeah, that is a default question. Um, <laughs> so one, I'll say, um, so 
we'll call it what it is. Call it now. Dirty six was historic six. Uh, I mean the the placard for uh, Leslie is just forty feet from the door of Midnight Cowboy, which I, I don't know if everyone knows who Dude. Leslie is, but I mean let. Um, and by the way, I don't think I will say this. I think people know who the personality of Leslie was. Yeah. I don't think. I believe there's maybe a handful of people in Austin that knew who Leslie was. Yeah. Is that, I, is that fair to say? Yeah. I actually uh, gave him a ride home one day. He was wandering around South First. Um, he wow. actually lived in a house. <laughs> a lot of people didn't know that. Um, but no, I, I would say uh, Sixth Street, I, I never in a million years, um, especially at my close to a decade at, at Ranch 616, would have thought I'd been working on Six. Um, I started my initial bar career at Houston's restaurant bar backing okay um, back with uh, Marcos who opened barflies mugshots okay bars that are still open um, took a job at PF Chang's downtown when you could still see clear from San Jacinto all the way across the Sullivan's um, so obviously it's changed a lot it is an urban area mm-hmm. I uh, on our mini reset I, I spent close to 48 hours at all times of the day up at Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, there's a homeless problem. It exists, it's real. I have never once felt threatened, um, uncomfortable, but it exists. So I think some people, if you're not comfortable with an urban environment, yeah, but that's what Austin's turning into. And as much as you wanna fight change, it's, it is what it is and it's something that is an important thing to address as a city because uh, they're amazing establishments and they're amazing bar. Like I love Jackalope. Um, I like Jackalope. I, I love going down and seeing I Riley. don't like looking up at the TVs at midnight sometimes. They play some weird shit on those TVs. Oh, yeah. I have seen a, a, a not, man. Not, not as weird as Casino El Camino, which I. Best Are they burger, back yet? Be, yeah, best burger in town. Best. <laughs> maybe best. Be, Sorry, Jackalope, but Casino's no, got Jack you. No, seriously. Uh, and, and a burger big enough that you could share. Yeah. You really could. That is, that's a pound in your hand yeah. when it's done cooking. It, I remember there, there was uh, people from Iowa. I mean, the, the Des Moines, it's not the registry. It was like the people who run the city of Des Moines and the surrounding communities came to Austin. And I took them all to Casino El Camino. They're like, I don't feel, I, what? I mean, it's Des Moines, which is super clean, nice insurance yeah. country. I'm like, Welcome. Best burger you're ever going to have. They're like, mm. I'm like, best burger you're ever going to have. Well, let's just got done. And the next day, like, can we go back? I'm like, first of all, assholes. Exactly. I'm glad you're from the Midwest. <laughs> you can get a goddamn burger every day. I have that burger once every three months. Yeah. It's huge. It's, I mean, I'm no bastion of health by any stretch of the imagination. I would have pineapple pizza and home slice <laughs> every day if I could. But that burger's a different story. It's oh, yeah. a monster. I gave my, my monthly. But to, to yeah, please, yeah, please. the second part of your question, um, when people come in, especially to midnight, like once you traverse the uh, the street, um, it, it's a whole, like you walk into this like, it's like going through Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Like you go through that, that wardrobe <laughs> and, and you're like in a whole different land. Um, like you've been there, it's a beautiful space. It's amazing personalities. It's not what exists around it, um, which is kind of funny because I love watching when I sometimes at the front open the door and let people out, and all of a sudden they're like, 
you can see the shock in their eyes, especially when they came in at like 8 p.m. and leave at, you know, 10 or yeah. later. And it's like, wow, this has really changed. <laughs> like, like, where are we now? Um, but I think there's also a, a beauty in that, in the, the juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite bars, especially in New York, um, they're not in necessarily the best areas. Like the burlesque bar, the box, I love going there. But when you walk out of there, like, you're in New York. Um, <laughs> Death & Co. employees only. It's not too bad. I, like, I could name a bunch of others that are, are shadier areas. But I feel like that's when you find the, the most real human experiences and people that are doing amazing things. Like, the, the, the best talent I've seen are in places where it's not, like, the, the Vegas glitz and glam, like, we're trying to like look like we're awesome. It's like no, we're putting ourselves in the the muck and the mud and trying uh, to create something. I like what you said there with the juxtaposition because I, I think the successful places on, you know, historic six, dirty six, e six, whatever you want to call it, the successful ones are the ones that do that. Easy Tiger did that first. Yeah, right. I mean, Easy Tiger, like, oh, we're gourmet, dope, amazing baker, and be like, mm, are you sure? And it's I mean you're you're one throw away from 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 homeless semen are you sure it's like no 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 this is awesome and I know this work. river might stink over here we're gonna clean that up over here we're gonna do this over here we're gonna play ping pong outside but like bullshit you're not doing any of this it's a dirty area yeah. and they did it and they killed it and there's some restaurants there's some places oh, it's growing. that it, it, it's absolutely growing but it's funny that there are some places that then tried to for lack of a better term, tried to bring a Rio over to that side of the street and it failed miserably. Yeah. Because... Well, I mean, Rio kind of failed miserably. It still has, Rio. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, but then, you know... It's, sorry, it's like, Rio. Sorry, Rio. Uh, there's, I went to Mexico with some of y'all, but... <laughs> I'm sorry, Rio. I am I hold true to myself that I've never been in your bar. I have not either. And I won't. <laughs> and it's not a knock on the staff there. It's not a... It, it's just... It's not a place that I'd go drink. Now, and here's what's weird. There are other places that I wouldn't go drink that I go to, that I've done yeah. stuff with. So I wouldn't, and we used to make jokes about this, and I mean, I maybe you and I made jokes about this at the 616 back in the day, but it's like, oh, on Sundays, you know, the, the hardest thing about Dirty Bills is the Kung Fu crowd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, I love Nick, and I love the management crew that, that runs those places. Oh, I play uh, basketball with Nick. I love Gio. I, like, dude, dude, you, dude, yeah. dude, I got goosebumps. Are you kidding me? I, I, the new Kung Fu, I love going into. I like, love going I, I, into. <laughs> not a place I would generally go and drink, but I, I love yeah. going into it, right? I snuck. Well, me well I can't get, because Gio will get me drunk. <laughs> so if, I'm, if I'm there longer than half an hour, I'll be like. <laughs> You're like, I got to go. Yeah. But it's the same thing, and, and it's not a knock, because I'll go in there and meet friends there, but like, I don't choose to go drink at Dogwood. It's nothing wrong with Dogwood. There's not. So I'm not saying I'm not saying Rio is there something wrong with Rio. I just don't per- participate in certain things. The same yeah. thing with this coming up. So I spent last week in LA. I was with some of the Jackson family, and I met Jermaine's son Jafar. We're hanging out, and he's doing this album, and he's having some fun, and we're chatting it up. And I'm like, oh, you should come do some pop up shows at South by Southwest. And one of his guys is like, you you can do that. I'm like, dude, I can, yeah. I mean, I, I, I snuck Ludacris into Kung Fu. And they're like, no, you didn't. I'm like, dude, you can search that shit on Twitter. So, side note. Yeah. I saw Ludacris, 20 years old, at 
MTV Spring Break in Cancun. No. At the Boom Boom Room at 3.30 in the morning. My flight was at 6 a.m. Dude, Ludacris, not the tallest kid in the world. No. no. I was front stage wearing a skin-tight blue velvet <laughs> shirt. No. My girlfriend, I don't even know what she was wearing at the time. Early 2000. Early 2000. It was still like... You're going edgy. Yeah. You're having fun. <laughs> Backstreet Boy days. Um, but that was one of the coolest shows ever. Like, Dude, the, the guy can perform. Uh, he did awesome. And Jafar was like, well, I want to perform. I want to do something. I said, I'll make it happen. The first people I think of, because I know they have a stage, they have a sound system, I emailed Brooke at Kung Fu. And I go, hey, can I bring Jafar Jackson in, Michael Jackson's nephew? And she's like, yeah, when, when? I love kung fu because of that i love yeah. kung fu because they're not going to charge me to do a party at their bar because i'm bringing in talent i love the idea of running around to different places i mean years ago i brought the bravery into dirty bills and the bravery and i and john popper i think you brought them to 616 i did bring them to 616 dinner. Yeah. for dinner beforehand i, yes. I love the bravery yes that was one of the bands years ago at acl uh, you Festival. came and personally yeah. served us ranch waters yeah and they didn't know how to drink them, and I did. And, of course, I don't say anything because I don't even introduce people, right? Yeah. I'm like, here you go. Uh, this is my buddy. And you're like, hi, guys. I'm Mark. And it's like, okay, sorry. Yeah, he had us these ranch waters, and then I'm just mixing mine and drinking it. And they just all drank the tequila straight and then started drinking Topo Chico going, that was a strong drink. And I go, asshole. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that was nothing but tequila. Because you were missing half the build of the cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just uh, – that's all – and then we went down, and then Popper happened to be in Dirty Bills that night, yeah. and we all sang Eddie Rabbit hits. But my, my point is is not my, my point is, is that places that I, I do drink or don't drink are less inconsequential than places that are amenable to different or random things having fun. I mean, you pulled tables together for us for the bravery and their little band of people. Yeah. You pulled them together so we could have dinner right away. And that was a that was no small task when Ranch 1-6 back in the day didn't have a patio. You guys are always busy. Had a patio, it was just a really yeah. small, crappy patio. Yeah. You're always busy, especially around that time. And you're like, no, Jason, I got this. Dun, 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 dun. And he was, you know, and those are the things. Now, I would always choose to go drink at the 616, especially when you were there, because I just like seeing you and, and, and bullshitting and having fun. And I would always bring random people up. And the best part about you was, as a bartender, as a host, as a person in the service industry and everything else across the board, was that you didn't care if it was a former USC baseball pitcher, a buddy of mine from Montana from 40 years ago, or the bravery. You treated us all the same. And that's what Leslie does. And that's what Absolutely. Kung Fu does. Yeah. And that's what a couple other, you know, Irene's, any of the own groups with Kayla and, and Chef Drew do. And people are always like, well, you should come by our bar. And I was like, I've been to your bar. I like you. I just don't choose to spend a lot of my money there because, no offense, I've been so fucking spoiled in this town yeah. well, <laughs> by no, you and Leslie. Yeah, it's, it's like Leslie gets it. Uh, I, it like people that... I mean, this is the full-time, like, serious career gig. Um, like, that that's more home to me than my home. Yeah. And so anyone coming in, uh, like, Midnight Cowboy, like, I'm welcoming you into my home, and I'm going to host you. 
Um, and I, I think the, the people, like I've been fortunate enough to meet amazing uh, bar managers, owners. Um, I, there, there's too many lists, quite honestly, like we've named a few, but um, they get that, that, that it's like we do this because we love and care about it. And it's hosting. Like if people are coming out to spend their hard-earned money and want to have a good time and want to have a story, not just, hey, look at this awesome cocktail I made and all right, bye. <laughs> And I think that's that's crucial what you said there. They want a story. They don't want to drink. They want a story. They want to. I I always tell people. I said, you know, the the, the thing about life is experiences, and and we'll yeah. we'll tie it back to this right here because this is when he figures them out. He figures them out, but whether you are, I stole them. No, please. That's why they're there. Um, whether you're uh, blowing up a building, you're you're saving thousands of lives. <laughs> whatever it may hundreds or just of lives. making a cocktail and getting just making a cocktail. but it is it is the thing of experience yeah you know there's lots of places this is an experience right now yeah this is an experience right now it's but gonna it, end badly for the other guy but <laughs> I like how he gives him the gun we, by the way they, this, they show him take the called, clip out this is called getting got got yeah you got got you got got you got got. Look at him. Look at that gun. He's like, "What's up, Bobby?" Got the wink right there. I like that. Uh, there's also his is a his amazing accent. He puts a cigarette out for him. Very European. I'm gonna put that cigarette out. Yet he's got it in his mouth now. He threw that cigarette down. He put it out. He's got the cigarette in his mouth. He threw it down. Oh, is that him that threw it yeah. down? Okay. I thought that was just bad editing this all my life. Well, he has to have shoes the whole movie. I know. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's just, do you think I would give you a loaded gun, Hans? Hans, booby? Huh? And I'm going to kill you. Click. Which, if he really was a terrorist, I don't know how many people have shot guns before. You can feel the weight if there's an empty clip. Bullets are heavy. Yeah, no. They're, they're, Clips they're, are heavy. They're, there's a weight to the, the base of it. There that, is. That if he really was, going back to what you were saying... Your friends have watched this, like, that's not how you hold a gun. That's not how you shoot a gun. <laughs> like, you could hand an empty handgun and be like... Empty. Yeah, no, I I, I, I agree with you. Is there a... Um, so you do... Uh, yes. Yes, I do it all. You do it all. No. Everything. More, more, more. <laughs> Randomly, what did you graduate from UT with? So I did start at Baylor. I'll, I'll okay. take some pride in that. I was a Baylor Bear. Okay. Sick and bears. Um, but in my initial figure drawing class, when the model had a swimsuit on, I decided that was not an art place to be. Makes sense. I appreciate my time there, and I love it to death. And anytime they're not playing UT, I'm all, all sick UT? and bears. Or all sick yeah, and bears? Yeah. Um, but I transferred to UT my uh, sophomore year. Um, went there for the design program. Um, got into that program, um, but it, it's kind of like they take 20 people a year. Um, I, I don't know if they've increased it yet. Um, so I did a studio art degree simultaneously with a sculpture background. So I did steelworking, woodworking, printmaking, and then design as far as wow. like graphic design. Um, so I left with two degrees. So BFA in design, BA in studio art. Um, I still practice as an artist and also build, uh, I've gotten into kind of industrial reclaimed wood furniture building. Okay. How does, how does that parallel with 
what you do in what because I've had the drinks and people haven't so uh-huh. <laughs> how does you, that you haven't had the new drinks I haven't had the new drinks I'm, I'm gonna come down and have the new drinks uh, but how does that how does that parallel art and what you do to professionally what you do or is it or is there or do you separate the two no not at all um, okay I uh, so well I did for a while sorry let me take a step back um, for a long time when I was doing bartending and I, I call it bartending it was I was doing some fun things advanced things but not being creative uh, what do you mean by that not being creative how, how can you do advanced things and not be creative? There are classic cocktails that you can learn and you can execute and technique-wise knock out of the park. Um, and that's what I felt like I was doing for a while. Okay. Uh, my technique wasn't 100% there. Um, I, I, I'm learning from people now and advancing quickly, I feel like. Um, but especially my... I had the creativity, but in the past couple of months at Midnight Cowboy... Um, Working around Tacey, Ryan, Madeline, uh, Megan, who's no longer there anymore. Um, learning ingredients that you can incorporate. Putting blue cheese and cantaloupe into a, a mezcal cocktail. Um, using a Greek yogurt in something that we're doing now. I mean, just going outside the box of like, okay, you have your bitters, sweetener, spirit. Okay. Um, where you're actually creating like a, a meal experience in a weird way, I'd say. Um, it, it's taking, like, blowing my mind, personally. Um, like, having these ingredients play with and, and starting to, like, really expand. I mean, we have one cocktail that Ryan came up with that has um, ants as the rim on it. I'm interested. Yeah. And it's smoked in a smoke box. It comes out. It's, like, I've haven't been around people where the creativity and the the strength of knowing what things are going to taste like pulled together. So then does this job impact your art more than your art impacts your job? I think there were, or is it a good balance? I think it's a balance. I, okay. I think, um, like my art, my creativity is there and I, I've thankfully, um, the past few months started creating again. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of got over my, personal stuff I was dealing with and, and I have a reignited fire. Um, but I think being around the people I'm working with now and their talent and their skill and knowledge is fusing it across both borders. Um, okay. And making it fun for me. Nice. What um for for the people that, you know, uh, to share more a little bit about the art that you're doing, because you, all the stuff I've seen is, is is somewhat or rather functional. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's live with. It's not hang on. It's live with. Yeah. Art, it's, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, as far as furniture stuff, I do definitely. Um, I just finished a bar cart um, that I'm very pleased with. So, but um, I, I did come from a graffiti background. Okay. Um, and so I'm working on some large scale uh, murals right now. Um, so it's mixed media in the sense, um, but definitely a marker paint, um, spray paint. Wow. Um, I more, I grew up under that Banksy, Shepherd Fairy um, world. 
Uh, so I like the hard edges, the very direct uh, imagery. There's a gal here who does that a lot too, Zuzby. Mm -hmm. Very talented young woman. Seems like uh, Austin's got a, a really strong presence of artists that are doing unique and, you know, I mean, hope, oh, we get hops for hope and, yeah. and you, know, you get the koozie there. And, uh, I, and I actually participated in this. You participated uh, in that? Um, several years ago, I'm good friends with Chris and Andy. Okay. Um, so I had two pieces in there. Deal. I did a couple of the farmer's market uh, posters a couple of years ago. They, uh, Andy's done a good job of pulling out that thing, right? That art out of here bringing in Shepherd Fairy to, to Hope. And and then you've got all these other artists that are now starting to really pop and explode. Is that is that the evolution of Mark? So is, is it go from, are you are you going to, I guess what I'm asking is, is bartending always a part of your life, but the art is going to take over? Or is it always going to be a 50-50 split, kind of like it is now a balance? I or are you going to leave bartending and maybe manage and run and do restaurants and themes and concepts and, so I've managed and run. Okay. Um, I jammed a place before I got Midnight Cowboy. I'll leave that out of the equation as far as the name. Um, I've managed bars. Um, to me, the, the bar side of it is th there's a hospitality nature in me. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's partly my upbringing. Um, I love hosting people. I love the interaction. I feed off the energy of others in the sense of like hearing stories, growing, learning something. Um, and I feel like my art can't exist without that. Okay. Um, so I, I'm thankful where I'm at now, um, where I actually have the time to split and work on the stuff I want to work on and still grow in the industry that I've been passionate about for close to two decades now. Uh, so I think it's going to be a 50-50 split uh, for a long time coming. I would love to own my own bar, run something. I have a massive love affair with Marfa. Um, I've always wanted to open a cocktail lounge there, a seasonal one. Um, hopefully one day that can come to fruition. It's weird how you pronounce Lubbock, but that's cool. Because <laughs> there's no one, I've never met anyone that's like, I have a love, like, people will be like, I could open a cocktail lounge in Waco. I can open a cocktail lounge in, in, in Buda. No one's like, you know where the cocktail lounge needs to be? Lubbock. You know, uh, you... I said Marfa. Oh, I know you said Marfa. Uh, I'm, just, I'm, uh, just, I'm just being a, I'm an not, asshole. I'm a UT grad. I can't get it. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Why not? I get chased out of town. <laughs> That'd be like opening a bar on West 6th and calling it No IPAs. And it's just <laughs> Bud Miller Coors on draft in 40-ounce schooners and nothing else. And all it plays is sports. And when that sport's not on, like the uh, NFL's over, there's just a repeat of the previous season of those teams winning and losing. I, I almost got ran out of 616 <laughs> one night when it, the, the Rockets, well, the San Antonio was playing. It was during the NBA playoffs. Again, I grew up in Houston. Diehard Rockets fan. Love Spurs fans when they're nice. Um, but the game was over, and I was trying to turn it to the next game. There were three Spurs fans. That, they were down by like 30-something. For like 30 seconds. How dare you, sir? They could come back. Yeah. So I changed it, and they just started spouting off to me. I'm like, you know what? This is a rocket bar. You can go. 
<laughs> they did not appreciate that. And uh, I was kind of an asshole, and I, I, who, Dirty Bills is a Spurs bar. Which is only, fine. Which but, is fine. But, but if my team was down 32 or 30 seconds, and someone was like, hey, can we put on another playoff game going on? I'd be like, yeah, we lost. The real game? <laughs> the, the other game that's fine? No, um, I mean, listen, I've, I've been run out of plenty of places in this town because, I mean, I'm from Montana, so we don't have any teams. You got the Gophers. The Gophers. Wait, my no, it's no. Minnesota. Sorry, Minnesota, Montana. We have the we have the Grizz. Yeah. We have the Montana Grizzly for college, and the Bobcats, which I like to affectionately call the Spitting Kittens. <laughs> uh, we have. I mean, our closest thing, and everyone's like, "Oh, you're a Seattle fan." I'm not a Seattle fan. I don't like Seattle. I don't like the way their fans play. I like the way the team plays. There's nothing about Seattle that I like. Oregon doesn't have anything. Idaho doesn't, of course. And you got to go to California. My dad. Nobody wants to go there. They, they all want to come to Austin. They all want to come to Austin. Well, <laughs> you save seventeen percent just off your paycheck just moving sure. here. No state tax. No state tax. No, you know, there's just it's in LA. There's a city tax as well. We, we right? shouldn't be saying this. We're going to support people. More people moving just here. A million people are going to be here in the next uh, six to seven years. It already takes me close to half an hour, which used to take me fifteen minutes to get from Live Oak and South Congress. To Fifth Street downtown. Wow, it takes me to go downtown. Depending, I mean, I always pick the times, right? I just pick random times where I don't have to mess with anything. It doesn't take me too long, uh, but I gotta kind of own my own schedule. Yeah. But I, uh, my dad was a big Boston fan growing up, and he was a big Cowboys fan when I was growing up. So I became a San Francisco 49ers fan, and Joe Montana. I'm from Montana. It only made sense. Uh, and then I um, kind of like Montana. I, I, I liked him as a kid. He was a good. He was he was that guy, right? He was, yeah. he was never flashy about it, but he just did. He just won Super Bowls. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna win this. So I'm gonna just gonna win this. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, we're at the seven yard line. Do you guys, do you guys see at the other end, John Candy's down there. If we score, we gotta go say hi to him. <laughs> he was famous for doing that against the Bengals. Yeah, and then he did it. Uh, so I loved Joe you know, Montana, and then I loved the Lakers growing up. So like. Bobby, who owns this studio and everything else, he's a big Spurs fan. So every time he posts a picture with his kids in Spurs gear, I'm always like, oh, it's, I'm going to call Protective Services. I'll get him some Lakers shirts. Don't worry. Because the Spurs-Lakers rivalry yeah. just runs so deep. But it was, it was more of a rivalry with me and my stepdad because my stepdad was this Eastern Montana cowboy racist guy who loved Boston. Shocker. Boston, not a racist town. Hmm. Pause. Maybe. But... He was this this guy who loved that part of the world and loved that thing, and he was just this cowboy and that you know he's yeah. this, this thing. And all bosses not racist. Like a, <laughs> a, a girl that holds me near and dear, her brother is the biggest Boston fan. So no, and I don't mean it like that. But it's <laughs> Boston not known for being um, culturally yeah, accepting across the board. It's a little hard. It's a little hard. Hard edge. Hard edge. You know, as is Montana. Like it's not like I'm painting a golden oh, picture for Montana. He lost a shirt. Now he's down. Now he's he's half bucked. Now, now we got Bruce Wallace for everyone. Hey, hey now Bruce. Uh, who by outside of outside of not having hair, Bruce Willis's body type hasn't changed since this movie. And he's a good looking man. I'm, and I'm for sorry. those of you still listening, the movie <laughs> was called Hudson Hawk. Why did he have to be shirtless? <laughs> Damn it! Why he's gonna—they're gonna blow the roof. This is when he finds out they're gonna blow the roof. Don't send people to the roof. They're gonna blow the roof. 
Look at that. He's freaking out. He's getting after it, and there's the gun to the cheek. Now, here's what I don't understand. I, I feel like I'm going to say the same thing here. Shoot him right there. Yeah. You've if, been if, shooting everyone in the head if, all movie if long. If you're a villain, what are you proving? You're just giving him time to hang you, but apparently not hang you. It's just... You've, you've quite literally shot everyone in the head when they haven't done what you wanted instantly. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, boom, got him. Okay, boom, got him. So for, for young young people growing up, it's called bravado, and it gets you in trouble. <laughs> bravado gets you nothing but in trouble. It's so... And for young people growing up, I just want to let you know, when you watch all these movies, whether it's Steven Seagal, Above the Law, Die Hard... Uh, or any other modern movie where people fight, I want to let you know this real quick. As an as a, as a older gentleman who has had a couple of fights under his belt, <laughs> it hurts when you punch someone. Yes, it, it your... does. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what they don't show? They don't show Die Hard the day after, where Bruce Willis is in a bath of Epsom salts with ice on his hands, wrists, shoulders, and face. It is always, always, <laughs> always 100% the best option to be Not like, fun. hey, we're drunk at a bar. Like, I understand I bumped into you or your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever. How about we just, like, high five and walk off? Because this isn't going to end well for anyone. It's going to prove nothing. <laughs> no one. We now, all now if someone has an automatic weapon in your head, head Absolutely. <laughs> Fight it out. Swing. Swing swing for the fences, champ. But seriously, don't. And, and I also, I, I love the, uh, the insanity of he's getting these kicks to the head and to the body. His hair is still perfect. And the, the, one, the guy's hair. hair is still perfect. Look at that blonde hair. But look at that. He just did a flying jump kick right to the head. I, I've been punched in the head. I've done... I've, that's never happened to me. Neither is that. That's got to hurt. Uh, pretty much knocked out. Like both those gentlemen should have been knocked out yeah. a long, long time ago. It's like his long predecessor, predecessor to uh, John Snow. It's true. John Ooh. Snow's hair never sorry. No, flipping please. shows now. <laughs> Going to Game of Thrones. Hey, coming April. <laughs> coming April. Game Last of season. Last season. Last season. Do you you watch Game of Thrones? Oh hell yeah! I got a, like completely addicted. Four seasons in, so I binge watched, which was the most pleasurable thing ever. Getting to watch four seasons, like what, binge watching. What are your What are your shows that you're you're not that you just you're not gonna miss? As a busy man and who stays up late, late, late at night, your hours. By the way, your hours are not conducive to TV watching. They're conducive no. to binge watching. But if, thankfully, we have Netflix, iTunes. Yes. Hulu. Uh, I will jailbreak a fire stick for you, and you can watch any television show ever made, any movie ever made, anytime awesome. on demand. I saw my uh, ex that I love to death, her uh, Amazon Prime, don't say anything, anyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I'm definitely, I, I was a comic book nerd. So, okay, uh, so all the Marvel ones? Well, that, yes, and Walking Dead. Okay. I actually own a couple of the original Walking Deads. Do you not see Walking Dead as more a statement on the fact that no matter what bad shit's happening in the world, people still need to figure out how to live together? Because with zombies everywhere, more people are getting killed by more regular people yeah. than by zombies. So, so it's fun, and it, it was kind of um, a mixed bag as far as reviews. 
past few seasons got it so far away from the horror aspect and the zombie aspect mm-hmm. and got into humanity and, and how people deal with each other. Um, for all the nerds out there that have read the comic books and know about the the whispers and, and all the stuff that's coming in, it's going way back to the horror aspect, uh, which is kind of fun because we've established, yeah, like when society, not when, hopefully it does not, is the wrong way to say that. If society collapsed, obviously there'd be a struggle for you, you take care of your own, you, and so it's like a rebuilding. Um, to come together as a community. And I think it showed it really well. I think for some viewers, it kind of dragged out too long going yeah. through that and getting away from like the... But as a fan, and and I would say AMC is more on quality and storyline development than they are on NBC's I, pop. I, I think Walking Dead has nailed it. I think there's a reason it's been one of the number one shows for this long. Um, like most HBO series, they go eight seasons. Yep. Walking Dead still hasn't announced when they're ending so the fact that it's made it this long and, and they kill off crazy characters that yeah. everyone loves like Andrew, oh do you love this kid you do you love him yeah bye say goodbye Andrew Lincoln gone. see ya like that, that was the lead I mean it's like kill- he was the face of the posters the first like yeah, three years right it's like going to Dallas and like when they ended the season and killed off um, JR JR in the shower scene I mean that ended the show Andrew Lincoln's gone. They're like, yeah, we're going to keep going. And it's like, okay. <laughs> Who's the next star? Stop. You just watch the show. Yeah. Which is awesome. Like, I I really appreciate a show that can develop so many characters that it's like everyone has a base and there's not someone that's like... I like... The weighted I'm, leader. I, I think it's more applicable to um, the world that we live in. Like, next man up. Like, there's people yeah. that exist that can... I'd agree with that. So you got Walking Dead. You got Game of Thrones. Do you do, do you, you watch Daredevil? I do not. The the, the next ones I, I, I like watching are, are probably embarrassing. No, it's okay. I'm, I, I'll, I'll share my embarrassing stories if you share yours. What, right. what else you got? Well, you go first. All right, so uh, new shows that I that I just can't get enough of that I know aren't going to get a new season probably on NBC Manifest where the plane disappeared for like 10 years and it just magically landed. And they're like, my cell phone doesn't work. What's going on here, Tom? And the boy doesn't have cancer anymore. <laughs> but they all hear a voice in their head. And they're like, well, we went to a magical place. For some reason, I watched that show. Uh, the show from the guy who made Law & Order, FBI. Not a great show. Love to watch it for some reason. Don't know why I like the chemistry of the guy and the girl. My favorite show that I love, Michael Weatherby's Bull, where he's the scientist behind jury selection, and he tries to win trials that way by selecting the right jury. Uh-huh. The manipulation of people, but a lot of people think manipulation is a bad word, and I think it's a it's a good word. The manipulation that he does, of, uh, or theoretically, it's based on a, some other real person. I'm like, oh, wow, this is super interesting. I love the, the idea of manipulating people through words and questions. This is fascinating to me. I absolutely love it. I used to love, stopped watching it. It's okay that I don't watch it anymore because I, I figured out what my age was. I used to watch NCIS, but I'm not 60. And they, they, just, <laughs> they stopped airing it at my house, which is fine. Um, well, I mean, there's, there's, there's a laundry. 
I like Midnight Texas on NBC about the vampires and, and everything living together. It's a watered Wait, down what? version. It's a watered down version <laughs> of of some True Blood. Of True Blood. It's watered down True Blood for NBC Appetite. Uh, I hate that I watched that for a year. I know. I uh, my my wife loved watching. She's like, yeah. "This is amazing." I was I watched one show. And I said, "It's just people fucking yeah. on a loose plot line." The the, the girl I was dating at the time, like, it, it, I'd go get us food. I mean, she was all excited. And she'd always get a bottle of tequila. So I was like, all right. Like, well, you got the bottle of tequila. <laughs> you got the good bottle. It's fine. I'll sit here and watch this. And then Marvel, Daredevil. Uh, the um, There's some weird ones that I watch that because of the, the fire stick thing that I do that I get that are European that, that, that I get to watch that are from Sounds England. Fun. That are interesting. Uh, Luther. The gentleman who was supposed to be the next James Bond, African American yeah. gentleman, he has like a six-part series or six seasons or five seasons of a, a show called Luther, which I binge watched and just burned right out. And he um, should be the next James Bond. By he the way. should be, but yeah. that dude that that is a damn sexy man. I just I just Abelia <laughs> is. Uh, um, hey, bro. Yeah. Listen, you you the next James Bond. I mean, yeah. damn, you're handsome as fucking hell. You are the epitome of James Bond. When you walk into a room, women are like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go to the restroom. Why'd you walk to him? That's not where the restroom's at. Mm, it's my yeah. restroom. Yeah. It's not, just, not just the women. Like, I, like Dude. I, I, as a straight man, I'll still be like, it's a damn good looking man. Oh, bro. <laughs> if he walked in through, I, I, I would put my arm around and be like, how are you? Yeah. What are you doing? Trying to get a little good looking on me. <laughs> I didn't, let's say when I was talking about Jafar Jackson, I was like, hey, Jafar, I would shake your hand, but I have so much less rhythm than you have so much. I don't want to deplete your resources just to make me bar with everyone else so I can Sorry. clap. Yeah. So we'll just fist bump, we'll call it a day. It's, but those are the things. I mean, I, there are some other d- dumb, I mean, I, I, you know, what else do, there's some dumb shows that I watch. There's one called um, Three Pigs or something that's on CBS Exclusive. About this, it's it's yeah, only I, online. I, I do not watch enough TV. Apparently. So because I work out of the house, I put a lot of stuff on yeah. in the background, just quietly playing. It might catch my attention. It might not. The ones that catch my attention, I'll stop, and then I'll watch them later and actually watch them. There's a laundry list of shows that do not catch my attention. Um, but there's one. There's a good one called The Oath, which is based out of Baltimore Police Department of corrupt cops that run I've games. heard about that but not seen it pretty good yeah. there's another one on Crackle called Startup about the startup community and how, how this group was funded and what they did and I've been a part of so many startups I actually have lived some of these stories and I was like oh no that's true yeah. oh no that's, that's actually <laughs> fairly accurate yeah no with certain things I mean you, you need uh, drug dealers to uh, to embrace cryptocurrency uh, whatever it may be uh, but yeah let's not talk about Litecoin yeah. <laughs> I don't feel good about that right now. You don't feel good about it right now? That was a loss of some money. <laughs> it's, 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 been, it's been a dip. But all that, that is. But Sorry, no, it's, but I, I will say this about Bitcoin and, and, and Ripple and Ethereum and all the other ones. Because that process is illegal, essentially, in China, yeah. right? You've got these billionaires that are theoretical billionaires in China, much like when when Russia or the Soviet Union collapsed, there were theoretical billionaires in Russia, right? They didn't have a way to move their money out, so they had to keep the oligarchy around them happy. If they didn't, one day you could be a billionaire, the next day you could be worth nothing, and someone else is a billionaire because they took your job. China, from what I understand and what I see in the blockchain cryptocurrency world that I, I, I work in, is 
it drops down that far and then people start sliding their money back in. Yeah. You, but you don't know who's sliding their money in and you never know who took their money out, right? Yeah. So the easiest tax-free investment for me to get Chinese money to U.S. dollars is cryptocurrency. So if I can put $100 million in cryptocurrency at 3400 and whatever it is that right now versus the 10000 it was six months ago, yeah. the 30000 it was a year ago, right? If I can put it in now, knowing that it's there, it can't drop below 3000 or Bitcoin miners do not have enough. It doesn't make enough money yeah. for them to mine Bitcoin, right? So it's never going to go below 3000 or the whole system kind of... I think we have the same theory. I'll, yeah. Well, why don't I answer your question Please. before, which is yes. backtracking. <laughs> She's not going to get shot, don't worry. She's um. not going to get shot. <laughs> yippee ki motherfucker. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of this is, I didn't watch a lot of TV, so uh, it was who I was with at the time, but girls, I thoroughly enjoy watching. Yes. Um, another guilty pleasure, Ballers on HBO. Is I'm, that good? I've never watched it. I'm sorry, but... Don't apologize. Johnson is... Oh, first of all, I love that guy. Yeah. Oh, shit, I love If you him. haven't watched Ballers, go watch Ballers. It's a guilty pleasure. It's on par with Entourage, so, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Okay. Um, but... It's a good 25 minutes you'll, you'll spend there. Um, definitely in Rick and Morty, which I'm waiting for them to knock out their 70 episodes. Do you, like, do you like Archer then? Oh, I love Archer. Uh, that's not, that's not, by the way, for people who don't understand, Rick and Morty and Archer aren't these dumb guilty pleasures like FBI uh, or I, I forget the, the one with um, Stanica. Uh, I forget her last name. That was in in some show, but now she was in Absentia. Uh, th- those aren't guilty pleasures. There was the Rolex watch that I was talking about earlier. Hans, you're falling, booby. You're falling, booby. You're falling hey, to your ca- death. Catch it like. Catch it. Why don't you do it? Why don't you catch do what Bruce did? Catch a window like Bruce did, bro. They're not strong enough. Right, no, do parkour. Slamming that con- concrete. Uh, those aren't Rick and Morty and Archer aren't guilty pleasures. That's that's actually legitimate, amazing entertainment. Yeah. Well, you know Rick and Morty, they're they're doing they're knocking out all the rest of the seasons and going to release them at one time. I didn't know that. that I know that. Delay. Oddly enough, for some reason, Rick and Morty. It's funny you brought them up because I love Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty fan club, Rick and Morty social. There, there's like ten Rick and Morty um, that aren't official Rick and Morty. Yeah. That follow this podcast and comment on it oh, all the time. That's awesome. And then that email and say stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, no greater honor than being in the same oh, room yeah. with Rick and Morty. Like, oh, I, I, I remember the first person that showed me. It, I, I don't even. I can't remember which episode it was, but I watched it and I like it stopped and I was like, I want to watch that again. And, and this was like. A year and a half ago or something. Yeah. And I immediately was like, this is amazing. It's good like, stuff. The, like, the everything about it, I was just like, I immediately, like, went into a, like, a binge watching, just hell-bent, like, trying to figure out everything about it, so. Rick and Morty, Archer, Art. Uh, Archer is great. I. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Yeah, it's... So what are you? What's your shitty TV? You said you said Ballers. What else you got for me, real quick? Uh, Ballers. Um, 
and I don't. I watch Criminal Minds. I think that's an awful show. I, I, I don't watch it. I don't want to say this, and I haven't Please. watched the new season, so no one I'm send gonna... me messages about what happened. But the hundred. The, dude, I love The 100. How dare you? It's That's so a bad. guilty pleasure. It's, it's a so horrible bad. show. You're watching you... high school kids <laughs> run around. like It's like Lord of the Flies, but bad. <laughs> like, it's the shittiest version of Lord of the Flies. <laughs> and then adults come in like, we're, we're going to fuck these adults up. We're going to keep the kids yeah. just running. The, the By the way, the kids never age. The adults keep getting older. The kids stay the same fucking yeah. age. When, what season of the hundred do we realize that the kids have been drinking water where they don't age because it's nuclearized water? Exactly, and you know all those kids are in like twenties, so like you're looking at them like you're not teenagers. You're not teenagers. You know better. Like, 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 like first, first season I watched, it's like yeah, this this ain't the high school I went to. No, <laughs> these, these were are, not the girls I saw. Women. These are these are the teachers that sleep with their students. These yeah. are these those are those <laughs> teachers. I've <laughs> and. Oh yeah, he came back. How did that happen? By the way, he was hung, dying in a chain, and came back alive. Came back bro. alive. He's European. He That's my biggest he's got no problem quit. with this movie. He's got no quit. I I see that he like could pull his gun out again and shoot, so he's not a desk cop anymore. But. Yep. But still, it is what it is, folks. One a. That's that's Die Hard. That is a Christmas special inside of a Christmas special with a splash of a Christmas special inside. Just Two. wait for the Christmas music on the uh, I, end no. credits. <laughs> yeah, get, You'll get your Christmas. Get your Christmas. Also, I love it. Argyle. Don't, don't shoot Argyle. Argyle. Don't, don't shoot. Argyle's going to take us home. Argyle's going to take the wife and I home. Uh, and the papers, if anyone didn't realize, are all the uh, bare bones the notes. falling down and no, no one's, one's picking grabbing. up. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm out. What What are these? <laughs> bare bonds? Get the fuck out of here. I don't need, I want cash. Okay. You get your cash. Uh, party people. Argyle. Best dude Die in the hard. movie. Die Hard. I forget this guy's name. He's always plays a great asshole. <laughs> uh, the, the whole thing. That's Die Hard. I know you guys probably, I'm going to get some emails saying, well, you missed my favorite part. I don't know you, so I don't know your favorite part, so I wouldn't point it out. And I'll take credit for that. I'm, I'm, I'm long-winded. Get <laughs> I, on tangents. You are not long-winded. I, you're, you're, you're fantastic. That is, uh, that's Sexy Mark, party people. <laughs> All right. Midnight Cowboy. I can't wait to uh, to go and check out the, 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 new, uh, the new menu. Um, more, more importantly, and I'll, I'll, I like to close with this, uh, and, I, and I, you know, I'll say this, and then I'll do my final closing. Um, I was extremely happy, very, very happy. Well, thank you. To, uh, to read via social, get a little missed here, but I'm very happy, because I love you to death. I really think you're a great person. I was very happy to read via social that um, you're excited for 2019. That you took 2018 in in tough but in stride, and that in everything that's gone on, that um, that anyone could look and, and have a negative view, and and you took a very positive view of how it's helped you grow, um, and, and in that 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 you're really running after 2019, but you're not. It, from what I read, you're not regretting 2018. I don't know. Everyone you know, grows. Everyone grows. And with that, 
and knowing and a person who doesn't reach out like I, like I probably should to friends, but I don't because I just get caught up in, in dumb shit like FBI and criminal minds. <laughs> um, I was really, I was really happy that you shared that with everyone. I was really happy that, that that's what happened. Um, I didn't want to make that a, a focal point of the, the whole podcast, but I, I, I did want to close with it because you're a great person. You've done some amazing things in this town. You, um, you're, you're respected by a lot of people in this town and you're loved by a lot of people in this town. And more importantly is that once again, you wrapped up a tough 2018 and you weren't negative about it and you're going into 2019 positive about it. And that's, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And if anyone can take note from, from, from anything, it's, it's that, uh, before I close and, and say my, my little funny farewell, so people can follow you, see your art, see everything. Where can they follow you on the social stuff to see your art or anything else? So the so, social stuff, I'm um, pretty much on Instagram. But there you uh, go. Feel free uh, at M-C-Y-A-W-N, M-C-Y-A-W-N. Uh, Sexy Mark was taken. Yeah, I, <laughs> I thought it was a little uh, egocentric. Um, but uh, I also, my website for my art will be... Uh, the same thing at Um There is a splash page, but I'm about to get the photos up for everything. But yeah, no, I, I definitely say um, anyone that didn't like any of the things I said, feel free to reach out to me if I didn't communicate them properly. Um, but I'd love to meet some amazing, great people. And um, yeah, it's life's a journey. It goes up and down and sideways and back it's, around. Um, it's, it's a rare thing to find beautiful, smart, intelligent, articulate, fun people that we can laugh and do all this that can also share everything they've gone through uh, and, and and be open and honest about it at the same time, be positive about it. I've never been good at that. Uh, so I always respect that, 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 especially through this year and watching you, that, that, that you have. On that note, folks, uh, you know, you know me, I get a little emotional, you crazy kid. This is what I do because I love people. Now you get to hear my favorite part of the podcast, my daughter singing about the first time she took a shit by herself. So enjoy. Yeah.